Oh, Dave, I need you over here for a second. Hey, Coach, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Doing well, sir. Give a couple minutes, let everybody else get in here. Send Jason a invite. All right. I'm glad to have you on the show there, Mr. Uh, William Brooks, Coach Brooks. It's, a, it's an honor to have you here. Uh, we'll go ahead and get everything fired up. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, yeah, tonight is Saturday, October 9th, 2021. On the Gregorian calendar, on the Hebrew calendar, it is Heshvan 35782. For our Hebrew, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, play us a little worship music to get us started out. All right. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I thank you all for being here tonight, uh, doing our weekly thing on the, the Watchman podcast. Um, I was really, uh, really honored when Joshua reached out and said that you would be, uh, be joining us tonight. Uh, we always try to 
to bring some people in, uh, fresh flavors to uh, to the conversation and everything. Yeah, it's a it's a great opportunity. I, you know, I always, uh, you know, I'm honored myself to you know be able to share with others who are standing at the gate. You know. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself and let everybody know where you're from and, and what you what you got going on with your, uh, I believe it's uh, Moving Mindset is your company name, is that correct? Uh, yes, so, uh, well, my name is William Brooks, um, often referred to as Coach Brooks, and um, I pretty much host a, a platform um, called Moving Mindset, where it's uh, motivation, inspiration, and it's Bible-based, really, to you know, share God's truths and, um, you know, cast down lies, get people to study God's word for themselves. Um, I started this, uh, 2018 is when I started this, uh, organization. It was uh, shortly after I wrote my book. Um, and I really just started it because I needed uh, a social media platform to kind of promote my book, uh, really a testimony about my life. And um, I got away from it for a little bit. I started a uh, homeschool organization, a homeschool football team. I uh, did that for a year. Uh, and then just kind of decided to just step back into it. And then, uh, you know, just re really, really encourage and inspire to do God's work. Um, just to really share the truth, you know, and and help people understand the the magnitude of of how important it is to read the word of God for yourself yes. um, and, and not just kind of go with the traditional, you know, show up for church, hear the word, go out to eat and kind of just let everything pass by. So, and that's just kind of where I'm at here today. So. Well, we're on. That's with awesome. Dude. Uh, and I've, I've sat back and watched several of your inter the interviews or your videos uh, that you've put out uh, just as, you know, trying to catch up to, to uh, you know, just kind of get to know you a little bit better. And uh, one of them really struck out to me. It was your, um, your story of the uh, masculine uh, leaders. And uh, that is what I see as being part of the problem with society today is there's been this stigma put on men. If we're in an alpha role, the, the figurehead of, of the family uh, or of, of anything that it's, it's toxic. And uh, I think that is the farthest thing from the truth. I think that is definitely from the enemy, the, the devil wanting to, to take away masculinity for men to cause confusion throughout uh, society to help break down society as a whole. And uh, that story that you were telling on that uh, video was, was awesome. It was quite powerful. And uh, if you would uh, go ahead and elaborate on that one, that was, uh, that was something that I think more people need to hear because there's so, so few people who take action today in any kind of situation or scenario, whether it be, helpful or even in a, in a state of emergency. There are so few people who run towards danger anymore. Well, I mean, 
I mean, you're right. It's 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 the the number one agenda of the enemy to destroy the the God's original um, vision and plan for a man um, to really to be the leader, and you know, biblically, all areas. You know, it's not just in the house. It's not you know with his kids, but it's really everywhere he goes. He is supposed to lead. And unfortunately, like it's, you know, the enemy has done a very good job in pushing this agenda to destroy the, you know, the truth about man, you know. And and I can't recall in my video if I if I uh, talked about back in the Garden of Eden, but I mean that's where it all began, you know, when the serpent was in the garden, he heard everything God had said, he knew exactly what they weren't supposed to do, what they were supposed to do, because he was there the whole time. And as soon as God leaves, the serpent doesn't confront Adam. He goes straight to the woman. You know, and that right there is just the very essence of how the enemy is operating today. You know, I mean, as a father, I've, you know, I have nine kids and we've been to several different, you know, events and appointments and what have you. And I can't tell you how many times uh, whoever the person is, the, the, the teacher, the doctor, whoever case, whoever they are, they will talk to my wife and won't even yeah. think to question me or ask me my opinion or anything, you know. And I remember yeah, the, the the assumption these days is that the father's absent and right. the, the mother is the leader. Absolutely, you know. I mean, if you even look at the birth certificate, they're fine with not putting the father down there, you know. And they don't they're not trying to hunt him down or anything like that until <laughs> until they want to him to get child support, you know. So. But I was, uh, my mom, she actually, she asked me that day to, if I could uh, help her with my dad Absolutely. to you know, get I him, the, um, help her get him from the hospital yeah. to the, to yeah. the house. And, you know, to so and so when I arrived, Jay, you got some. Is that me? Nah, James is playing with the recordings, trying to stream it to other uh, other platforms. Oh, okay. I think he was getting some feedback okay. and some loop on it. Okay, no worries. Go ahead, go ahead, Coach Brooks. So um, she she asked me to help her, you know, help get my father from the hospital, you know, um, back home. And when I got there, it was a gentleman laying on the on the concrete, and you know, just how I've been raised. The things I've done in the past, the jobs I've had, the mentality I have, I'm automatically seeing uh, uh, there's a situation where help is needed. So I go right to it, and I'm driving up close to the to the gentleman, and this lady starts yelling at me um, near my near the driver's side windows, like you can't go that way. It's, you know, it's almost like I couldn't. It's like how could I not see this man landing? You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I pull up as close as I could so I can hurry up and get out of the car and get out, and I go over there and. You know, there's six people, I believe it was six people, they're just kind of looking at the guy, laying on the hot concrete. You know, it's the middle of the day, it's Georgia, it's hot. And they're saying, I was getting ready to pick the gentleman up, they say, don't touch him. They said, someone's coming from the ER. And this is a, this is at the Wellstar Hospital in Paulding. If anybody knows the ER, it's literally on the other side of the hospital. So I'm thinking, I don't know how long that's going to take for someone to get here. And when they get here, Chances are they're probably still going to need help getting this guy off the ground because he wasn't a small gentleman. You know, he was probably, I stood him up. So I think he was at least six foot. You know, he probably weighed around, you know, 220, 230. So, you know, he wasn't a light guy. But, you know, 
just looking at the how everybody was standing there kind of waiting on somebody else to help waiting for somebody to show up and I'm like these are six people there's a wheelchair right here we can at least pick the gentleman up and get him in the chair in the meantime while whoever's whoever's coming and there was it was two hospital staff members there that was part of the the, the crowd and I started you know it just it just instantly made me think this is why masculine golly men you know selfless men are needed in society I mean, this is only a small instance, but there's probably, I'm sure we all can name situations where if something happens or something looks to be challenging or out of place or uh, maybe dangerous, a lot of people just look the other way, you know, and, and, and just kind of keep moving. You know, and it's, I think a lot of it's come down to self-preservation, but at the same time too, there's men who are not understanding the magnitude of being a man they don't understand the purpose and significance of being a man because what we see in society now we see you know our 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 i guess you want to say role models or whatever you want to call them, people that they look up to you know they're movie stars they're pro athletes and then you look at the movie stars they wear dresses you know or they they have these feminine characteristics or whatever the case may be and they don't look like somebody that's running towards danger you know and even even like these kid movies, these kid cartoons, you know, it's if it's a, if it's one where it's like a family cartoon. Look at, I mean, we could take a Toy Story. What do they make? Like four or five of those. Not one of them. The fathers in the in the, uh, you know, in the right. uh, uh, in one of the movies, you know. Yeah, and this is so just intentional. Goes, yeah, it's it's definitely intentional because, you know, just like James was saying earlier, this is how you break down society. If you can, if you can uh, demasculize, I guess that's even a word, Mas- a man, if you can break a man's character down, tell him he's not needed, he's not important, don't put him into a place of value, you can easily go in and, and destroy a home. You know, you can go in and ravage a city, a community. And we see it now today, you know, with a lot of these uh, anti-American organizations, you know, they're pushing, you know, there's... there's there's people that are pushing to, to really just say men aren't worth it. You know, if, if you come out and say, you, you know, you're, you're a headstrong, you're, you're authoritative, you know, you're, you're confident, you're assertive, then you're, then you're somehow, you know, you're somehow evil or toxic or whatever the case may be. But I believe, like I said, this is, this is definitely uh, the enemy's plan because, uh, you know, when I, I, one thing I didn't say, uh, I'm sure I shared this in my video, but when I was done picking the guy up, you know, I had a sense of purpose. Even if it was something as small as that, I didn't know the gentleman, you know, I didn't get his phone number. We didn't do a photo shoot, you know, but when I was done picking him up, it felt like I had actually accomplished something. You know, I felt like I had worth and value, you know, and I had worth and value going into the situation. But, you know, if you guys know as men, once we do something, that's challenging or something that we're, especially where we show up and other people are not taking the initiative or, or trying to make a difference and you come in and you help move the situation to a successful place, you have a sense of, 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 of fulfillment inside of you. And I know a lot of men are missing that today. You know, a lot of men are just kind of, you know, Hey, I'm paying the bills, you know, or I'm, you know, I, well, you I know it, it really comes down to, entertainment the world of entertainment has 
since the 80s made the uh, the father figure of the household the, the bumbling dwarf. And yep. uh, it's just perpetuated since then. And it's really, it's all about the controllers, the ones who are controlling all of our thoughts that dictate, you know, every bit of entertainment that we consume, whether it's written, whether it's film, whether it's music. They, uh, they you look at, at just what is considered entertainment today, you have more grown men watching cartoons than anything else. Everything is a cartoon. And the, the male lead in the cartoon is always some, mm-hmm. some idiot bumbling over himself. And, you know, just it's, and it's, it's all engineered. It's all designed that way to, to take the power from the man. it's keeping them it's keeping them watching cartoons and you know we've talked about that before where it's it's keeping what should be grown men in an adolescent stage they're frozen there you know and yeah you know pop culture entertainment all that is part of it um you know pushing drugs and stuff on on people at a real early age does that as well you know you start you have either traumatic experiences or you start doing drugs when you're like early teens, you almost get frozen in a mental state at that, at that place. You know, I felt like that for the longest time where even at, even as a grown man, you know, late twenties into my early thirties, I still felt like a teenager in my mind a lot of times till i was really born again filled with the holy spirit i felt like i was like i don't feel like a grown man and i realized well i'm still doing the same stuff as i was doing when i was 13 14 years old i'm still smoking weed i'm still you know running around not accomplishing anything um you know william you mentioned a minute ago that that sense of purpose and that sense of fulfillment and that's one thing that a lot of society has lost as well, especially with men. You know, if you're not, if you have not taken the role as the the leader of your household, the way that you're supposed to, but also with all of the jobs that people do that I, you know, I, I, I do construction, I do residential renovations for a living. And so after I finish a job after I finish a project, I can look back and see like, Oh, I accomplished this. And I can look and see the fruits of my labor. And I can say, all right, I I made this, I fixed this. I did. And there's a sense of accomplishment there, even though it, it does not match the sense of purpose and accomplishment that I've started to have, like getting out and, and doing the gospel. You know, it's one of the things that pastor Jason has been talking about a lot lately is actually doing the word um, you know, instead of just being hearers of it, but there is such a sense of fulfillment getting out and doing that. Um, but a lot of my clients, I'll, I'll be there. And, and I'm like, so my oldest son has been going to work with me some and my current client, I'm like, what do you do all day? Every time we walk through the room, it just sounds like you're gossiping with the other people who you're on these conference calls with. I'm like, what are you doing all day? <laughs> you know, and like, I, I don't know how you're making a living. You're talking on the phone all day long. I have no clue what you're actually doing. Um, so it is, it's, it's, a, it's a multifaceted attack where 
you know, you're either sitting behind a computer screen all day and you have, you have not much of another purpose than that. I mean, our, our ultimate purpose in life, we know what we were created for. It was to glorify God. It was to, you know, to worship him, to follow him, to preach the gospel, to get out and minister to people who don't know him, you know, bring, bring the lost into the kingdom, all of these things. And there is a real sense of purpose when you step into that role, you know, that story you just told, what you did for that guy was so simple. You see a man who needs help laying on the ground and you go and pick him up. You know, it's in a, and I said this on your video, cause I remember watching it too. And it was, I felt the same way. I was like, there's so much truth to that. I think I even commented on it. it, it there's so much truth to it, but it's so simple yet. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. You see something that needs to be done, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Like I said, you know, there's so many people who run away from from any kind of uh, interaction. You know, the fear, the fear is really what it comes down to. You know, everybody's afraid they're going to get sued or they're afraid they're going to get sick or they're afraid they're going to hurt somebody. When in certain times of emergency, you've got to you've got to put that stuff out of your head. That stuff has to be, you know, not even, not even a variable in the experience of what's happening. You've got to, and so there's times you just got to make things happen. Like, like you're saying that dude, you know, okay. So he may not have cooked to death, but whatever was ailing him was going to make him worse laying there on a pavement. That's, near 100 degrees you know but, right but what 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 and what, what was it it just took one man to be like we can't just let him lay here that's yeah you know just a few weeks ago i'm coming home from work i'm setting probably three maybe the fourth car back from a red light and all of a sudden it's just an explosion in front of us i mean bits of metal flying everywhere cars going all over the place Within 10 seconds, I've already thrown my vehicle in park and I'm jumping out the door. The driver of the car who, I guess he was trying to do a U-turn in the middle of a very busy road. Uh, He's the one who got hit. He was getting out of his car. There was at least, at least 60 people conservatively setting at this intersection. There were four of us with our feet on the ground trying to do something about this situation. I was trying to get the guy. He was wandering around. He's completely in shock, face just split wide open, blood going everywhere. I'm trying to get him to sit down. There's traffic that's going, you know, crazy. Because like I said, it just, it was, it's a four-lane road there. And it just, just an explosion. And then the rest of the people sitting on all four corners of the road, just staring just staring. And well, that's one of the biggest problems in, you know, in life and our society right now is that everybody has given over their authority to somebody else, you know, who they perceive as being the authority. And so instead of, you know, having, having sovereignty and having authority over your own life and saying, Hey, my choices, my decisions, my actions have consequences. And if, 
you know, I, I hate to use this, but it's like, if something's going to happen, it's up to me as believers. Yes. We, we trust in God. And so it's not, I'm not taken away from that at all, but Bible says, you know, if you don't work, you don't eat. So you get up, you go out and you work. Say if somebody needs help, we're not sitting there praying for God to send them a life raft. He's saying, go over there and give them your hand. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the, you know, it's the same thing. I need to get out here. I need to get this guy set down. We need to get something on his face. We need to start praying for him. I need to check out who else was in this vehicle, who else was over here in this vehicle. And as I'm walking through this just twisted metal, I'm looking for like other people to be like, hey, won't you go check on the van that hit them? And there's nobody mm -hmm. there. There's nobody there. Yep. They're all standing in their car like they're watching a motion picture. Just well, and that's the other thing. That's the other thing is people have watched so much of this stuff on, you know, on their screens that real life, they don't even know how to respond to people in real life. It, everything back to the entertainment thing, everything is so much about entertainment and watching things happen and watching other people live life that they almost don't know how to live life on their own, you know, and it's, it's always up to, it's always somebody else is going to do it somebody else is going to do it, whether it's in, in life with helping people, whether it's in inside a church building, you know, somebody else is going to serve, somebody else is going to minister, um, you know, back to healing the sick. You know, a lot of people they're praying, they're waiting for God to do it. And he's like, I've already, I've already paid for this. Yeah. Jesus That's is looking right. at you. Like I paid for this already. And I told I you told to you go, to do, go it. do it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's one that's... of the, the uh, you go ahead. No, go ahead, Coach. No. Oh, well, I mean, that's just, you know, that's I, I agree with that so much. You know, it's especially the entertainment thing. You know, that is the the one of the biggest problems in society is, is you know, just sitting back and letting the world entertain you with whatever comes on the show, whatever you scroll through your feed on. And, you know, but I, I, I really believe even with that, the real big issue the you know, I saw this post on LinkedIn the other day that said that, you know, it, it kind of described the analogy of two ants, a black ant and a red ant. He said, if you put the ants in a jar, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then once you, shake you shake the jar. Right. Yeah. And then you find out that the real enemy isn't the ants that are, you know, isn't the black ant fighting the red ant or anything like that. It's the person that shook the jar. Mm -hmm. And I told them, I mean, I, I commented on the post because, you know, I really, I really believe the problem in society, it doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're in the church, out of church, I believe the biggest problem is lack of accountability. You know, because the jar shaking is inevitable. Somebody's going to come along and rock your world. How you respond to that jar shaking is really up to you. And that's the problem with a lot of people, especially with all this stuff going on now, the pandemic and all that. People have said, well, you know, someone else caused this, so this is why I'm responding this way. Or someone else did it, so I'm going to go ahead and go along with this, whatever they're saying. You know, people have put too much responsibility in the hands of quote-unquote experts and politicians and other people, and they take no accountability for themselves. And we see this a lot in the church. A lot of churches are just kind of going with the flow of things because, you know, it's really out of our control. And when they can't explain it, they say, well, God did it. And they don't want to take any actions to make a difference because, you know, 
they haven't read or at least believe if they read it that Christ said we are his workmanship. We're mm-hmm. supposed to actually go out and perform. You know, yeah, and you hear a lot of people works. Yeah. And and, and, and I've, I grew up in I grew up in a church and I've been to several churches and, and one of the biggest things you you hear people say now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And you get this, this people start shouting, they get excited, but they never read on down. The very next scripture, part of the scripture says, uh, according to the power that works in us, mm. you know, we are, we, God's yeah. will is done through his children, you know, and it's not done through uh, this, this big prayer for a revival and all this stuff, you know, because I, 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 I come through the new Testament here recently because I, one of the big things I hear in a lot of churches is at least they're the ones that are trying to not get into the progressive new age church thing that they're, they're saying, let's pray for a revival. But I'm looking through the new Testament and I'm trying to figure out when did any apostle or disciple ever pray for a revival? Yeah. Christ told them specifically, he said, go and do. Yeah. Go and do, you know, and if you go and do, then thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But if you don't do, it won't be done. You know, and, and and we keep trying to pray for something to happen. All the while, we have it in our own ability to pray. I mean, to uh, to act on what needs to be done. And and you know, this is this is definitely the problem. And I, you know, society is. You know, I, I don't want to say it like this because it might rub people the wrong way. But society society is supposed is supposed to be messed up. <sighs> if you don't have God first, then it's supposed to be messed up. You know, this nation particularly here in America came under tremendous attack when it first declared one nation under God and implemented laws that reflected the Bible. And ever since then, there's been not only external threats, but internal threats. And ultimately it's to destroy anything that looked like God. And that's always been the antichrist agenda. And we see a lot of that today, you know, and one of the biggest things I always talk about on my, you know, my, moving mindset thing is the compromised church. You know, churches that are, are, are really have are, are have yield to the world. They're no longer effective for God. And a lot of Christians, a lot of people who attend church don't even realize this because the, church, the pastor still comes in and he preaches yeah. a, a phenomenal message or he mm-hmm. has, he still has his big house or he flies wherever he needs to go or he's on Come TV. On. So he looks to be uh, uh, a man being used by God. But at the end of the day, if you're not standing on God's infallible word in its entirety, you're not, you're, you're no use for God. You know, he doesn't say, well, you know, you can take the part of the scripture that's convenient or you can find your niche in the Bible or whatever you believe is, you know, you can preach the best on and, 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 and uh, draw the biggest crowd. He said, after you baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, he said, teach them to obey all that I commanded. You know, we have this uh, flavor churches that go around today in society that teaches, you know, I heard one prominent pastor say, you know, that's not my niche. I don't talk about certain things like that. And you're not a preacher. You know, right. you're just you know, you're just somebody there that appeases the crowd rather than actually going out and doing the work of the kingdom. Yeah. And his mandates. And, and, and I believe that's the biggest problem that we have, because. You know, who the Bible says that we ought to train up a child in the way that they should go. If we don't have godly men in these homes training up the children the way they should go, then who's training them? 
And if the church right. is not doing it, they're not at the forefront of raising godly men. I remember when I was younger, when churches weren't as compromised, um, I went through a rites of passage program, you know, and it was a long, um, drawn out program, but there was a lot of men who, um, you know, at, at least from what I can tell with godly men that came in front of you and taught you all the different things you're supposed to do, you know, and how to help you handle crisis and how to run to danger and be effective and, you know, be, um, you know, temperament and, and all the characteristics that make a strong godly man. But now it's, you know, I don't even see that. I've been to probably since I've grew up out of that church, I've probably been to at least 15 different churches, either attending them due to my job travel or a part of a ministry, whatever the case may be. And I've yet to see a program where young men are being mentored and, and guided and, and, and really groomed into the, into the things of God. So, you know, you know, this goes back to something that uh, Joshua had said, uh, I want to say two or three weeks ago is, you know, once, uh, you know, I, I'm a new believer. So I, I spent most of my, my life in the world. And this is something that we had in a, a previous conversation about, well, when, when we get saved and we get to uh, be born again, there's no real source of discipleship. No way, nobody really showing you, showing a new believer, you know, like you said, these rites of passage, these, these things that, that one needs to do to, uh, to really start growing in the spirit. And uh, I mean, we're, we're lucky where the three of us, Joshua, Eric, and I go that this church does do a really good job of, of discipleship. And uh, if it wouldn't, I wouldn't be the person I am right now with my walk, but it's, it's something that has happened. And, you know, I don't like, I, I didn't grow up in the church, so I can't say that I, I watched it fall away, but I can say that one of the things that turned me off about church when I was a child was the fact that I did not see people walking as to what I thought a Christian should have been doing. You know, they, they, they would just put on their Jesus jacket and then they'd take it yeah. off when they got home and, and do whatever else they were going to do. They'd get drunk watching football or smoking weed or, you know, cussing their kids. And uh, there's no real sense of, of raising up discipleship, disciples of Jesus. He said that you yeah. will go forth and do greater works than he does, than he did greater works than what Jesus did guys that's that's what I'm longing for that's the the path that I'm walking that's the fruit I want to produce Go ahead, Justin. that's the biggest that's the biggest problem is it's not even just in the church but it's a you know when the homes it's tying together a few of the things we've talked about is so let's let's talk about the family first and it's going to tie in exactly the same when you're young when you're a little kid that's the time where the mother comes in and she nurtures and she, you know, she raises the baby for the most, for the most part, the man's out, you know, working, he's doing his thing. Normally the mother's there, she's raising the baby, nurturing, loving. And then when that child gets to a certain age, they are supposed to wean off of the mother. And that's where the father steps in and he's like, all right, now let me show you, I have sons, man. <laughs> you said you got nine kids, coach Brooks. Dude, that's awesome, dude. You're crushing I, I love it when I see 
I love it when I see a godly man with his act together, with his life together, with a bunch of kids, dude. Man, that's God told it. us to be fruit. God told us to be fruitful and multiply, and you're doing it, man. That's awesome. Uh, but I, so I, I've got two boys, all right, and I know that when they were real little, as much as I love babies, I can't teach them that much about being a man. But now that they are getting older. My oldest son, who is 14, fixing me 15 here in like a month or so, he's going to work with me. I'm showing him how to talk to my clients. I'm showing him how to, to follow through and do the hands-on work, do a good job, not to whine and complain because we put a long day of work in, but here's how you do it. Here's why you're doing it. We're going to do it up to this level, this standard, and I'm going to make sure that the clients are happy. And, and it's showing him how to be a man, showing him how to work, training him in my trade. My youngest son, completely different personality. He's not so much of, you know, working physically the same way that I am. But he's out here and he's following my lead on the, the spiritual side as far as he's following my lead better than my oldest son. But as far as going after God and praying and sharing his testimony he got on the yeah, microphone today. The microphone for, today, man. He was all dude, over. Man, nice. my my youngest, my eleven year old. He got on the microphone like two or three times today in downtown Atlanta, sharing his testimony, sharing a word that God gave him. You know, reading some scripture, talking to the homeless folks about, you know, the, uh, uh, how the how good. Yeah, dude. I was like, <laughs> I this, said, I was like nice. this is awesome. That's nice. Yeah, and so that it's. Yeah, man. So I was like, it's it's like that where they get to a certain point and then they start looking up to the dad. All right. So tying that in with the church is so many of these churches, they only feed milk. They're only serving milk to everybody because they're worried about, you know, like we've talked about a minute ago, either the numbers or they don't want to offend somebody or they found their little niche and they're like, this is what I'm going to talk about. Um you know, a lot of these mega churches are the same way. It's either strictly prosperity or it's strictly social, you know, social justice topics. And, you know, I guess there's a place for, for that. We all got to start somewhere on some milk, but you need to implement some adult food. You need to implement some areas of growth, some meat. Exactly. You know, and like you said, James, that's one thing that, that I appreciate about Christ Fellowship is that you know one of one of the things that is on pastor todd's heart pretty you know pretty strong is that i'm he and he says it fairly often i'm not trying to grow the church numbers god told me to train up disciples and build warriors he wants me to build uh you know warriors in this whatever his his wording is but when it comes to that discipleship you can't nobody can expect the pastor of a church of almost any size to do really the discipling that needs mm -hmm. to happen. There's only a certain amount that a pastor can do for discipling. I think Pastor Todd is doing a great job at that. He preaches holiness. He preaches the whole word. He, you know, he gets up there and he doesn't pull punches. He doesn't, you know, try to keep from offending people. If God's putting something on his heart or he's reading some scripture, he's preaching it. And I love that about him, but I can't expect him to disciple me the same way that 
what our our crew right here is doing yes. with each other we're discipling each other you know because every I, one I, of us we, we got lucky enough and i don't want to call it lucky we got blessed enough that god put us all together like he did at that place to where yeah. we it, it's us sharpening each other it's us like mm-hmm. we know we needed to get out on the street we know that we needed to to do the works well we don't know how we're going to do that but you know what God put Jason there who's been doing that. And all we had to do was be like, Oh man. Okay. So you go out on Saturdays and preach the word out on the street. Well, how do I do it? And he's like, "Uh, well, here's my phone number. Uh, Yeah. Each one of us has, yeah. Each one of us has different strengths, different, you know, giftings, just, just natural talents. And we all have the same calling, but each one of us is at, at a different place in our walk. Um, you know, Jason's been out there doing doing the street ministry for longer. He knows the word. He preaches with fire and with boldness. You know, Eric knows the word and can teach like nobody I've ever met. Man, I mean, you ask him, you ask him some stuff. He's always got scripture for it. And I, I love it, man. It's awesome. James, you've got your background. You know all this, you know, you know all this stuff, the 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 lies, the deception, the way the enemy works. There was a guy today. I was looking around for you. I was like, James, I need you right now. They called me over. I couldn't even answer some of this dude's questions. I was like, James, James is the one we need out here right now oh, for I'm this conversation. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a lot better. Well, you sound, you, yeah, you do. You sound better already. You sound better. Oh, um, but it's, you know, it's the same way. And, and William, that's the other thing with your, with your videos, with your posts. I love it, dude. You're coming at it from a scriptural point. You know, the, how a lot of these churches have, have compromised and, and, everybody's got their different strengths and their things that they bring to the table. That that's what makes us the body of Christ. Exactly. You know, that's what, that's what scripture tells us. Like, you know, one person, one person is this limb. The other one is this limb. How can the ear say to the nose? I don't need you. All of this. We all come together and we make the body of Christ and we make it strong and we go out and we do these things, man. All right. Uh, real quick. I'm going to catch this message from uh lady lady. So she's got Lady, lady. Maybe. Good evening. Good evening to the panel. It's your girl, Lady Lady, here, stopping by, show some love and support, and wishing y'all a great show. Let's get it. All right. We thank you for showing up. Enjoy your evening. Uh, actually, uh, Brother Eric, uh, we did not open up in prayer. If you would, would you please open up the mic and, uh, and pray us in tonight, sir? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, thank you for being with this morning, with us this morning as we were ministering on the streets. Lord, thank you that as we gather here tonight, we can share what you've been doing. And as we speak, you'll be speaking to us, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us always, that as we talk on, on the word and we share our testimonies, you're going to be enlightening us and showing new revelations to us. And you'll, you'll be revealing your will to us as we, as we talk here. The people who listen will be changed and touched by, by what we say. And they'll they'll have a hunger for more of you, Lord. Thank you for growing that hunger in us as we speak. Yes. And let's let's see what we can do. Jesus' name, Amen. In Jesus' name. So, Eric, uh, today your first day out with the uh, the gathering outreach program, and you uh, you jumped up on that microphone. I seen it, man. I was I was sitting here <laughs> watching everything. I was like, man. I told Jenny, I was like, I still want to go down there. She's like, no, you need your rest. And I'm like, I need to get down there and preach. I was like, I, I got some. 
man, I've been soaking, soaking so much in his word and, and in his presence. And uh, when I do get back out, I'm going to be bringing life to dry bones, y'all. He's already yeah, told testimonies me. to give. But uh, yeah, so uh, so what'd you think about getting out there? First time experience? No, it was awesome. You know, I I went to school down there in the midst of downtown, so it's it was all very familiar the area. <laughs> and you know, it's it's easy to overlook everything that's going on with all the other people who live there and the people who are going through hardships downtown, especially like being like a student or something, you just go from your classroom to classroom, whatever. And if you look too closely, you know, it, it's, there's a lot more than that going on down there. The, the people, they, they need Jesus. They need the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. There's a, an orphan spirit that yeah. uh, dwells just in that church where y'all were at today. Okay. So last, well, two weeks ago, before I got sick, uh, we were on the other side of, of the road. And um, you could just feel this line that nobody was crossing. There was no, words weren't penetrating. No matter what we were doing, they, they come to the edge of the sidewalk and they would stop. And it was it. When I seen where you guys were set up today, I just, I was... I was next to tears. I was thanking God. I was like that. They have, they have breached the line. They're right there where they need to be. And if this is the thing, like if you look at that corner statue at that church of the man uh, asking for alms, that is the spirit that is, that has captivated all of those people there to where yep. they are just a man. statue. They are yep. not going to move. They're just going to hold their hand out. They're not willing wow. to change. They are, they are stuck under this spell, and it's supposed to be scriptural art, but it is a spell that that church has cast over those people on that block, that you, you're just someone seeking alms. And I, when I started, you know, posting wow. the that I'm, I'm standing against that orphan spirit. I'm standing against that witchcraft. That's that, that abandonment spirit that's holding you back because, and then I seen that both Jeremy and Sarah bots were out there that dude, they were in my dreams this week. Y'all I'm talking about these visions that I had that we were all, we were in the park. Um, and we, I posted if y'all would get a chance to read over that on that text in our group text and, and tell me what kind of interpretation y'all get from that as well. But um, yeah. she was there in the vision. She was one of the people in the vision. And when I seen her step out today, I knew that that everything that I had experienced this past week and a half is all Holy ghost fueled. It was filled. It was, I wasn't dreaming these things. I was being shown these things and her spirit that what her overcoming her ability to, to say, I was a junkie for 20 plus years. And you know, we all, our stories are so close. 
she would not have changed unless she broke that spirit off of her to become the person to to come to repentance mm-hmm. and that's what happens a lot of times down there is the people they they'll listen they'll listen yep. to the word and they'll wait patiently to get whatever you're going to give them mm-hmm. but they're not going to make that change they don't understand that it that they have to see the reflection of themselves they have to see that that is what is holding them back it's not me it's not the word it's not this guy or that guy it's your own lack of wanting to change and that's where we got to speak to those dry bones those are the dry bones that god has been telling me about the whole these past I'd say six to eight days. He said, you're going to speak to dry bones. You're going to speak to dry bones. He said, you, you, if you have to walk over a thousand of them, walk past that thousand, find the one. Yeah. There's going to be yeah. that one who's going to hear you say, I can lead you to the water. Yeah. I can give you living water that you will not thirst anymore. But you have to be the one to take it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that seems to be how it is a lot of times um, going down there into, you know, into Atlanta or wherever we go. I mean, I've only been doing this with, with you guys for uh, a couple of months now, two months or something like that. Um, but it seems that way is that, yeah, there are some days where we see more fruit, you know, we see more people get healed than other days or more people um, come to the Lord or come back to the Lord, um, than other days, but it always feels that way. Exactly. What you just said is there, there are a hundred people around that don't want it. They don't want to have anything to do with what you're saying. They don't want to put forth the effort to change. They just, they know somebody else is going to come along and feed me later. Somebody else is going to come along and give me something and it'll get me through another day or I'll be able to sell this thing and get some money to go get my next fix. You know, that was one of the things a guy down there was talking about. He's like, so many of these people out here, that's all they're doing. They get, they get the handouts and they go and trade them or sell them to get their next fix. And, you know, it's like, yeah, unfortunately we know that, but we're coming down here. Jesus, you know, he left the 99 for the one. And there have been so many Yeah, there have been so many weeks where we've gone out there and it's God has highlighted. This was the one, you know, this was the one who you came out here for today. And, you know, that whole abandonment spirit thing that you talked about um, when we got over. uh, Yeah, we were the first place we were at was in front of the Catholic Church. Um, But when we went over to Woodruff Park and set up for the second time, I don't know if Jason was even able to. to stream any of that one but before we were yeah before we were even set up you know he didn't even have everything set up this one guy came over and i was able to talk to him i was able to pray for him and god started giving me some words and that was that was part of it um for him was that uh, that abandonment i was asking him about his salvation and i was like in in whatever words I used, I was like, are you sure? Do you have a hundred percent confidence in your heart that you know where you would go if your life were to end today? And he's like, well, nobody's sure. I was like, I am. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sure. 
I was like, but for the longest time I wasn't. And I, you know, I shared with him, I was like, I was raised in church. I said that little sinner's prayer that I thought I was good, but in my heart, I still knew I wasn't right with God. I still knew I wasn't. I was like, but a pastor lied to me, you know? And I was like, and it sounds like you're the same way because he, he told me he had, he had prayed that prayer a hundred times. And I was like, dude, me too. Every time they would call for people to give their life to Christ, I would say that little prayer and hope that it stuck this time and hope that it fixed something this time. And I was like, it never did. And I was like, because that's not the way that you do it. I was like, I'm not even going to lead you in a prayer. I was like, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit convicts you of what's in your heart and you truly repent in your heart. I was like, it's not about you saying any magic words behind me or me leading you in a prayer. I was like, it's about a heart change. It's about you truly repenting in your life and you following him and you just giving it over to him. So I was like, I'm going to pray. I was like, but I just want you to agree with me. I was like, if, and if it's right in your heart, if you're believing this, it's like, you don't have to repeat after me, but I want you to, you connect with God while I'm praying. And so I started praying and I'm, I'm watching him. He, you know, he's not really praying. He's just sitting there listening and receiving the prayer. And I started speaking that same stuff into his life. I was like, dude, I feel like you got some, you got some, uh, like rejection or abandonment. I don't remember what word I used. And I was like, you got some anger in your heart. You've been holding on to. And I was like, right now you can see a face. I was like, I, I, you can see a face in your mind's eye of the one that you've been mad at that you, that you need to forgive. And I can just see when his eyes are blinking and tearing up that it was right, that the words were hidden. And I was like, you need to forgive that person, whatever it is. I was like, let it go. Forgive that person. Let it go. Give it over to God. I was like, Jesus is in front of you with his hands open, telling you, just give it to me. You don't need to take that weight. You don't need to take that burden. And, you know, so I, I prayed through him, prayed through it and spoke those words into him, man. And, you you know, he was tearing up and he received it. And I truly believe, I believe that he got his heart right with God and he released some of that stuff that he was holding on to. Um, but you're a hundred percent right, man, that there's, there is, it's not even just down there, but it's real strong down there. Yeah. Um, there's so much cult symbolism and so many spells cast over that area of town in those five points, you know, that's, that's there, there is, it is a, a, a constant bombardment of witchcraft happening in that place that we have to, to stand against every time we go yeah. down. Yeah. But that whole abandonment thing, and I'm realizing how widespread it is. It ties back into, into what uh, coach Brooks was talking about a minute ago with the, um, you know, the, the masculine men being, uh, you know, co- coming against them, the agenda against the, the, nuclear family against strong masculinity all of this stuff where people don't even care to look for the father you know if when a baby's born things like that and it is it's part of satan's agenda and there are so many people and i was i was one of them where i felt i had a spirit of rejection one of those first demons that was cast out of me was a spirit of rejection you know there was there was a sense of abandonment there was always this longing and this searching for love and for approval and you go after it if you don't get if you don't receive that love and that affirmation and that approval and that that correction you know the from a a a healthy natural father and you're never you're never shown it in the natural and you don't know your heavenly father you're going to seek for that 
in all kinds of other places in the world, you know, whether it's chasing after women or whether it's, um, you know, some people nowadays, guys are going the other direction. You know, I didn't have a, I didn't have a healthy man in my life to show me love. And so they're chasing after men, you know, and trying to find, um, they're trying to find the attention and the affection and some sort of love and approval from other men. And so they act like, you know, they act like little sissies and get real feminized. And then they go find a man who's a bit more masculine. You know, I mean, it's, it's a vicious cycle, how, how Satan comes in and corrupts and perverts everything. But back to that simple thing, if men would stand up and be men, not be worried about what the world thinks, not be, not be worried about what the, the way that the world looks at them, just stand up, do the right thing, lead your house. Put Jesus first, then you, then the wife, then the kids. You put these things in order, and n- none of us are perfect. We're all, we all have our shortcomings. We all have our weaknesses. We all have our things that we're not the best at. But if you do things in the right order and you put that, that structure, that authority in the right order, it's going to work out because that's the way God established it. Put him first. You next, your wife, your kids, man, you'll be able to walk through a bunch of mess and still turn out with a great family. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, my uh, my family, you know, we've been through so many different storms. I mean, it's you know, it's it's too many to count, you know, and at every turn, it was it was when we were obedient. We were doing things the way God had ordained them to be done. That God showed up in a way that we could never have expected, you know. And you know, our enemies. The Bible says, "When a man ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies be at peace with him." We've had our enemies bless us. People we never thought, yeah, would would, would turn things around in our life, would come around and bless us, you know, and you know, but it starts with that. It starts with that that man that's that has a heart for God. That you know, like you said, it's not about being. God never called us to be perfect. He called us to have a relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the whole point of grace and mercy. You know, that's why one of the biggest reasons Christ went to the cross. You know, and it just you know, for me, you know, I don't know about you guys, man. I mean, I guess it's probably because I grew up in church, but it just makes my skin crawl when I see fake teaching. And these churches and these prosperity teachings and, you know, all these different things that have nothing to do, you know. And I remember when Josh, Joshua, uh, we first um, connected through Facebook, it was through this uh, event that was being hosted. And, you know, one of the things that I had pointed out to him and, he, he you know, we kind of we went a little bit back and forth about it was when these churches closed uh, during the, the, the pandemic. Yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. before they even said anything about closing anything, churches closed their door first because articles went out in, in mainstream right. media, social media said that churches are the hot spot. So without question, they shut their doors. And I was thinking, this is the time that the churches should be open and operating to the fullest extent. Exactly. But. It, it just, it goes to show you that, you know, I mean, obviously prophecy being fulfilled, you know, many shall depart the faith, 
you know, people give what give in to seducing doctrines. And this has been going on long before the pandemic, but this was everything came to a head when the time for the people to stand on God's word, they went and, and hid and claimed, yeah. well, you know, safety and precaution and all these other kind of things. And it, it just really, you know, it, it to, I guess you want to say it in a righteous way, <laughs> pissed, pissed me off because I would just like, yeah. wait a minute, <laughs> you know, you claim to believe in Christ. Exactly. And this man put his hand on a man with leprosy. Yes. Yep. He didn't wear a mask. Is, when he was he was casting out legion. Yeah. He, he didn't, didn't have no. He didn't wear no a mask sex. when he told Lazarus to get up and come out of that grave. He didn't wear a mask when he healed the multitudes of people who would come to his sermons. That's the thing people don't understand is like in in these stories when the multitude was there to listen to him, he didn't just preach a word and then say, "All right, good night, y'all. I'll be here tomorrow." Right. He ministered to every person there, exactly. up to 20,000 people, sick, issues of blood, dying, blind, deaf, lame. He told them, take up your bed. Take up your bed. Quit wallowing in your filth. Quit yep. wallowing in yourself. Go and sin no more. But you yeah. are well, through well, compassion. Well, yeah, what I, you were saying, though, was exactly right. This was a it, this time was exposing people's true colors. It did. Yep. And that's you know the Bible says that that you know it says that judgment starts with the church. But what people don't realize, a lot of churches don't realize, even people who are not in five hundred one c threes or whatever case you want to call it, they don't realize. That the first the first act of judgment that comes from God is that He blinds you. He gives you over to a reprobated mind. He gives you He will give a you vision. Up. Yeah, you won't even be able to see. That's the first mm-hmm. step of the judgment, and that's why these churches couldn't even grasp the magnitude of being open in the season because for the longest time they haven't been operating in the will of God. They've been doing their own thing. They've been part of these, you know, these these denominations, you know, I watched, I watched the, uh, the Pope during the, uh, you know, when they said stay six feet apart, when that first came out, he was shooting a baby with a water gun to baptize him. I'm like, this is Jesus. ridiculous. <laughs> you know, and people will plot this stuff that are in these churches. And this is why, like I said, this is why it's always such pressing on me. God is like, make this like fire under, under me to tell people, the truth, even at the expense of their relationship. You know, if yes. you don't want, because in the, the day we'll all be judged according to what we did in the flesh. And if we were worried about how people felt, we were worried about, well, maybe they're not going to like me anymore. Mm-hmm. Then we're not going to stand before God with confidence. Exactly. We're not going to be glad in his, when, he's, when, when Christ returns. Well, and he's that's the biggest too. He's going to show us. He's going to say, why I gave you boldness right here. I gave you boldness and you were disobedient. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what, that's really been my, you know, because even when I started moving mindset, I have to be honest. I mean, I wasn't even, you know, I would add scriptures to it and kind of talk about a little bit, the word of God, you know, sometimes I get a little fired up, but after this thing happened in 20, uh, 2019, 2020, beginning of the year, you know, I was just like, you know what, I'm done 
I'm going to say what God tells me to say. You know, if you don't tell me to say anything, I ain't going to say anything. But I'm going to say what he tells me to say because, you know, I, I, I've i always been a person that despises bullies. Yes. You know, I, I have no respect for a bully. And, you know, I, I, I hate to catch one, you know, <laughs> because and you look at these pastors in these churches, you look at these political figures, you look at they're they're end of the day, they're bullies. Mm-hmm. They're bullying you with, especially in, in, in these um, falsehood places, they bully you with lies. You know, one of the biggest lies that's been used against uh, people who do not read the Bible for themselves is tithe, tithe and offering. You know, they tell you you're cursed with a curse if you don't tithe, but that is under the, people don't read the scripture to know that that is under the Old Testament, that the, under the Old Covenant. When Christ came, it didn't mean that you don't tithe anymore, but you're no longer cursed with a curse because you don't tithe. So people feed into this nonprofit, these nonprofit organizations, never understanding that the, the, the organization itself is not following Christ. Because Christ said, he said, he said, they came to him and they tried to test him. And they said, who should your disciples pay yeah. taxes to? Give to Caesars what is Caesars. Absolutely. But then when you have, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys know there's so many different denominations out there, particularly on the uh, in the West, where they don't have to pay a single dime to, um, to the government. They're tax exempt. But the exchange for that, and a lot of them don't even know it, some of them do. But the exchange for that is that they can't say certain things mm-hmm. that may go against the government. Exactly. Like, yeah, they if lose it's a law, reason. yep, if it's a law, uh, just like child abortions, you know, it's a law. So you can't tell your congregation, you can't preach on it, you can't say, uh, 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 you know, the 16, a guy hates seven, one is the test boy, he talks about he can't, uh, he hates the hands of shed innocent blood. You can't preach on that because now you run the risk of losing you know, your 501c. Absolutely. And, right, and real this quick, is, Coach, uh, let me jump yep. on this message real quick. We got a new message from Austin A here. Uh, it did not get a transcript, so it might not be on, but we'll see. We'll monitor it close. Maybe. Phone's acting weird. Hey, Eric, can you catch that message? Now, this is a room I would like to be a part of. All that filth and junk going on in these other rooms. I tried to preach to them, but they just won't hear it. But I see by the hashtags in this podcast or this little little room here that this is going to be the room for me. So, hi, guys. My name is Augustine, and uh, I'm just glad to be here. I, I don't come with any ill intention. I don't come with any uh, debate, per se. But I come with an open mind and heart, and I have my knowledge of the word, but I'm always open to hear your side of things. And I appreciate y'all for having this room and for making it open to the public here. Awesome. That's why we're here, brother. That is why we're here. Every Saturday night, Augustine, uh, the Watchman podcast here on the Stereo app. We do stream on Restream, uh, which uh, goes out to uh, YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. So if you wanted to watch a video format of it, you can do that as well. We will be making a transition over into that uh, arena shortly. But uh, every Saturday night, the Watchman podcast was was birthed here uh, between me, Joshua, Eric, and Pastor Jason. And all we've done since then for the past 
17 shows now, guys. I think this is actually number 18 on the show, which is absolutely insane when you start thinking about those numbers of that we've been doing this 17, 18 weeks now of, mm-hmm. of filling what the enemy meant for evil. We're taking it and we're pushing kingdom conversation, Holy Spirit-filled conversations, pushing the the front line back against the enemy on social media. That's what we plan on doing and, and can, to, continue, to, to continue to do. But thank Amen. you, Sean. Awesome. We greatly appreciate you here, brother. Yeah, back to the sewing. Um, you know, I love like we're we're called to be generous givers, and but we also need to be wise about where we where we are sowing our seed. And uh, you know, William, you're exactly right, man. Is a lot of these a lot of these churches they are not they're not preaching the whole word, or you know, even back to the whole closing the doors thing, man. Um, my my family and I were members of a pretty big church for close to 10 years. And it went, when all of this nonsense started happening, I knew immediately what it was. And I mean, I went straight into praying about it and asking God, like, if, if I'm confused about something, if I'm deceived about what is going on right now, if I'm listening to the wrong voices, show me. I don't want to believe something that's not true. And he confirmed everything with me immediately. But when, when our church closed their doors, I immediately felt a break, like a spiritual break with our, like a severing of our relationship. And I was like, oh, you guys, you guys fell for this. You're falling for it. You're playing right into it. And you're shutting your doors when, just like you said, when you need to be open the most. When the world is confused, you know, people who aren't as strong in their faith are are feeling fear. They're confused. They don't know who to believe. They're hearing all these contradicting stories. You guys shut your doors and you say, you say it's out of, you know, wisdom. We're being wise. <laughs> and you try to throw in, you know, you try to throw in Romans 13 and talking about, you know, obeying the authorities and all of this. But I'm like you're, you're not helping anybody out right now. And you might be fooling some people who, who believe the we're using wisdom, but I can see that it's out of fear, fear of man, fear of liability, fear of whatever it is. And you're trying to use scripture to back up your decision. And then you start talking about, Oh, well, this is, uh, this is a time for online revival. And look how many more people we're reaching. Look how many more people we're reaching. Look at all these numbers online. And I'm like, yeah, but what what does that number mean? That somebody's screen is on? They're not paying you any attention. They're walking around their house. They're doing laundry. They're getting the kids fed. They're not paying attention to that. And there's something real powerful about being in the in the midst, in the crowd, in the same room with other believers. You know, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am. That's that's the church right there. And yep. if if all of these people across the country and across the world or whatever are all just have their screens on, I have no connection with any of these people. You know, I'm because we tried like for the first couple weeks, I, I tried to stream in with our church at that time. 
and listen to what they were saying and all of that. And I, I checked out immediately. I would, I would turn it off. I'm like, there's nothing here. There's no connection. This is all, this is all fake. Now I can, I can see it. I can feel it. I can sense it in my spirit that we're just keeping the show going and there's not whatever was here at one point is no longer here. And so, I mean, my, you know, my wife and I continued to pray about it because that had been our church family for the longest time. But we realized really quickly that we had already outgrown the food that was being served there. You know what I'm saying? We, yeah. Back to the milk and the meat and all that. We had already outgrown it and we were seeking that that further training, that for, that higher education training that we needed. We were seeking it elsewhere. And we were finding it from online teachers, which I'm still all about finding good teachers online that you can go through their courses and their classes, but it does not replace a local fellowship. But that local fellowship has to be preaching the whole word and actually strengthening you. You know, it all ties in together. Yes, um, yeah. You know, and so we, we very quickly saw that, that that relationship had ended we started a little home church with the kids in the neighborhood. We're like, all right, God, you, you know, you shut these four walls, you shut the, these doors at these four walls over here. What can we do? We don't want to just stream in with someplace. We want to be doing something. So we started inviting neighborhood kids over and doing church at home with them. And that's, that's a beautiful thing that you took on the responsibility to become the teachers. To become yeah, well, it helped us, us, you know. Yeah, well, it helped us because it, it's, it, it was those baby steps into being the church and doing, you know, it got, it got me to where every week I had a group of kids coming over who were relying on me to have something prepared for them. So I'm going through the scriptures and I'm looking to put together, a, you know, it wasn't a sermon, but it was something for us to talk about. We were sitting in our living room just discussing and I'd read them some scriptures and we, yeah, I'd read some scriptures and we'd talk about it and we'd ask them if they need a prayer for anything. We'd minister. We have a couple of little fun things to do to keep them entertained, you know, afterwards or whatever. And cause I mean, it's kids, you want to do some fun stuff, but we'd sit down and we'd read the Bible and we'd pray and we'd ask them, you know, is there anybody in your family that needs prayer? Like you pray for them. Here's how you do that. And so it was, it was on the job training for us. You know, it was, it was great, man. I got to baptize some kids in our pool. I baptized my youngest son in our swimming pool. It was amazing. Like, I'll never forget that, you know? And now, now it's to the point where we've got the opportunity to go out and preach to, you know, adults out on the street, to homeless people. It's like the next step. These folks half the time don't care what you're preaching. You know, like, all right, just, just tell me. We got some, we got the black Hebrew Israelites over here preaching one thing. I saw some Mennonites down there the other week. Yeah, no, they're yeah, there preaching some other things. Yeah, I that was on Holy Ghost fire. That was funny, man. We yeah, we were we were down that weekend was wild too because we were down there preaching. You know, we're preaching full gospel. We're preaching Holy Ghost fire. We're laying hands on people and them healed. You know, seeing people filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you got, uh, we've, we have some other friends who left that same church that we left at for the same reason, same time they left that they linked up with, um, what's that dude's name out of Florida, Brian, he used to be like a cage fighter, um, Brian, 
Brian something. He's he used to be a cage fighter. He got saved. Um, he goes out on the streets and ministers and does like deliverance and things like that. He's the one who says like Holy Ghost get him or something like that. Whatever. They linked up. They linked up with his ministry as forerunners. So they were out on the street in Atlanta that same week, oh, praying man. for people, seeing people getting delivered. Um, you had our old church, the one that both of us left. They were down there linked up with a bunch of other local churches doing that one race program, that one race convention where they're all talking about racism and, and unifying people, you know, races and all this. So they're still they're still talking this stuff, you know, this, this small minded stuff. Yeah. And then you got black Hebrew Israelites over here. Then you got Mennonites over here. And I'm like, that's what I told y'all. There's something spiritual going on in Atlanta this weekend. And it's all of these different, all of these different areas are being hit. It was wild. All right, real quick. I'm going to ask two questions back. Yeah. yeah catch them. Catch them. Now this phone does not like to be, uh, where two or three are gathered in my name, that's what the Bible says. There am I in the midst of them. There's power. There's something that happens when the people of the name, when people that have a revelation of the truth gather together. You can't get that over over the airwaves, you know? That's Ryan Williams, I believe, out of Florida. Yeah. Boom. That's why we have um, it. Ryan Williams. I don't know. That don't sound right, but maybe you are right. I can't remember. Uh, I, I don't follow him too much, so you might be right. But yeah, he, he says he says, uh, "Holy Ghost, get him!" He used to be a cage fighter. Maybe he's right. I don't know. Yeah, but that's that's how you know that this whole thing that happened, um, this whole uh, pandemic thing—I like to call it a pandemic. Pandemic. Yes, you're right, Coach. <laughs> that's how you know it's it was from the enemy because you know the enemy knows that if you are joining hands, locking hands as believers, you you you. You can't help but to bring in the mighty forces of, of heaven, you know, and yeah. if you are speaking the truth, you know, then you are you're casting out things. You're declaring the will of God to be done. You're speaking his word into existence. So stay six feet apart. Don't touch each other and then cover your mouth and don't speak. And well, that's in, in all just in, in my my past. I came from the world of the cult. I studied a cult esoteric teachings, mystery Babylon schools for 30 years of my life because I was completely deceived by the devil. Those same rights that you're talking right there, the six feet apart, the covering of the face, the non-touching, those are all satanic rights that are being practiced, practiced excuse me, on a, a level that we can't even if I was to try to express how large of a of a, a spell that that is being put on, nobody would believe me. I'm just an extremist conspiracy theorist. But it is so overwhelming that even on this application that we're using now, there are people whose avatars have put the mask on their face. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, and it's 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 a, it's a whole new religion. Yeah, it's the world preparing. Uh, making way for the Antichrist. Because the last thing he needs you to do is to come together and pray. Come together and touch hands and speak the truth. So yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with you. I mean, it's 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 definitely uh, it's definitely satanic work being done. And, and it's it's the sad part is that so many people, especially the 
people that go to church institutions and leave these church institutions don't even see it. Mm-mm. Well, you've got churches here in Atlanta. All the way, though. These churches in Atlanta now are mandating that before you could even come into their church to worship, that you have to prove that you've been vaccinated. They're mm-hmm. going to, they're, excuse me, they're going to scan your head at the door, and then they're going to give you an arm badge of a certain color, whether you can be touched, whether you can be waved at, or whether you need to be left alone. Mm-hmm. That's brown shirt, dude. That- Dude, that same church that we left was doing the same exact thing. They were checking temperatures. They were making you wear masks. Um, I even remember hearing one of the pastors get up, and they were asking people if they needed prayer or whatever. And he said from the stage, from the pulpit, don't worry. We're not going to lay hands on you because COVID's up in here. That's what they're preaching from the pulpit. And, man, it blew me away. A brother of mine who was way more patient and didn't leave, you know, didn't leave right away for, you know, different reasons with the woman he's with. And they were trying to stay with their kids and all of this reason I would have shut it down. But he was in there. He was telling me and this guy's spirit filled. He's 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 an awesome man of God. He's a true brother in Christ. He just put up with more than what I ever would have with this place. But he said they were in the middle of worship. You know, they make you put a mask on. So he was like, all right, I'll put the mask on, whatever. And his, his, he's singing. He's in there in the spirit. I mean, he's getting into it. And his mask came down. He's got his eyes closed, his arms out. He's worshiping God. And his mask came down below, his, down onto his chin or something. And they came and broke him out of his worship, telling him to put that little diaper back on his face. He was like, I, he was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, dude, I told you a long time ago to leave that place. Why are you still there? You know, I, I'm, I'm sure um, uh, a revelation I got years ago uh, when I first met my when I first met my wife, um, I she introduced me to her great grandmother, and she was uh, in her early 90s, I believe, probably mid 90s at the time. Um, and she, she you know, is, they call her old old time saint. You know, somebody just <laughs> you know living for God and have completely walked away from the world and just fired up for God all the way through. And I remember the first time I met her, she said, come over here. She was sitting in her bed and she said, um, just sit down. You know, you, you look tired. And then she gives me a pillow and says, lay down. And I'm like, this is my first time meeting her. So I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird here. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like super nervous, but I'm, you know, I'm trying to be respectful. So I lay down and I kid you not, I went to sleep. I don't even remember falling asleep. Just peace. And, just peace, you know, and and when I woke up, it was like I had one of the best naps <laughs> of my entire life. And you know, she started giving me, uh, asking me, you know, different scriptures and stuff like that. But she would stop at a point to see if I could finish the rest of the scripture. It's almost like I was being tested. I was like an <laughs> interview. <laughs> and she ends up going on to share with me that she um, years ago had a dream. She had a God had showed her uh, a revelation. And in the revelation, she showed me, she said, there were pastors that were on a train. It was a long train. And she said, the pastors that are on that train, she said, even her youth pastor, who she thought could do nothing wrong, was on that train. And she said, there was a train that was headed to hell, mm. and nobody was able to get off that train. And she named a few people, some of them that are still alive today. And I thought, wow. 
you know, and I, I wasn't even into, you know, I was, I was in a, was I, I think I was going back into the military at the time. I wasn't really concerned about that. I was attending a, uh, I was attending one of the big prominent churches that shut down during this whole thing that happened in 2019, 2020. And I thought nothing of it for the most part. And then all of a sudden this church is closed. And I see these pastors, some of them get on TV and they try to give these explanations. And I'm like, you're the one of the pastor that, that, that was in that dream that was going to hell in that train. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's such a devastating thing because people are, I mean, you, you look at the people, these churches and they don't realize that they're literally following behind somebody that's, you know, it's like, you know, Moses didn't go to hell. You know, he but he didn't get into the promised land because right. he was disobedient. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard someone say one time that God is the only person that will fire you and still let you work. <laughs> that's you good. <laughs> and, and that's what we see today. Pastors are still working, but they've been fired a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And people are sitting behind watching this stuff. And I keep telling folks, you better study the word for yourself. Well, you know, it's it's already prophesied that they're going to be wolves in sheep clothing. And yep. you look at how, I mean, just look at how the modern day church is. They don't call out sin. They, nope. they say, come on in. You be you, boo. We're going to take care of you. Oh, you want to you wanna be a homosexual and you want to lead uh, worship? Well, oh, come on in. We'll accept your sin. But they don't call out that sin. Jesus said, come as you are. But he said, deny yourself. He did not say Yep. You just keep doing you, boo, and it's going to be all right because I love you. Yes, Jesus has more compassion than anybody else that has ever been in this existence. But he also has a very strict guideline of follow me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's like what you said is really the essence of being a a, a a disciple of being a believer in Christ Jesus is really that fine line, you know, which you won't hear on Christmas day. <laughs> you know, you won't hear throughout many churches, but Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace. He said, I come to bring a sword. Come on. You know, we're going to split this thing right down the middle. What side are you going to be on? You know, you got to make a commitment. And, and, you know, I, I share this stuff in my post even on LinkedIn, and I don't know if you guys know LinkedIn, but that's, you know, supposed to be a professional environment. You know, you don't really talk about uh, religion or politics or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I don't care what platform I'm on. If God wants me to share something, I'm going to share it. But people don't want to hear about the Jesus that's in the Bible. They want to hear about the Jesus that's on Christmas morning, the one that comes to right. look like the Pope that's always yeah, walking around nice and eyes. sweet. Yeah. Got a little lamb in his heart chest and no, like you said, I mean, this, is, this is one of the, the scriptures that when I read it, it, uh, it, it, it hit me so hard because people always think Jesus is some turn the other cheek hippie who, you know, just went along with the ways of what was going on. Man, he was an insurgent. He stood up against the Roman Empire. He stood up against the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He flipped tables in his father's house, he flipped tables. And now if I take it to the way I look at me being the temple and this, this creation that, that God has created is his house. This is his house. 
Amen. I am that insurgent. Jesus said that I am now the light of the world, that I go forth bringing, bringing light to the path. So it is my duty now to flip tables on these wicked because you nailed it. Matthew 10, 32, whoever so, whosoever therefore shall confess me before man, him I will also confess before my father, which is in heaven. But whosoever should now deny me before men, him I will also deny him before my father, which is in heaven. Think not that I came or I come to send peace on earth. Mm. I came not to send peace but a sword. And that is where the watchman originated was if we do not sound the trumpet, if we do not bring attention to people's sin, that blood is on our hands. Ezekiel yep. 33, that blood is on our hands, but I am, I am sounding the trumpet. They will hear these words. They will know that they are being called out for their sin whether they're leadership in a church, a pastoral role, an apostle, a prophet, whoever they are, if they, are, if, they have, if they have missed the mark, then they need to be aware. They need to repent of all their sin. They need to take heed to the word. And if they don't take heed to the word, then that blood is on their hands. But I'm yep. doing my part because I Amen. know what my commission is. Yeah, even Paul said that. You know, he said, I will continue to do what I'm doing to cut from under them those who think they're equal to us. He can, Paul continually told Timothy, um, and even throughout the rest of his books, he said, continue in sound doctrine. You mm -hmm. know, and if there's ever these false apostles, these false prophets, these false teachers that arise, you stay in the truth and you do the will of God. You know, and, and, and you know, that scripture right there, I, every Christmas I, I, I post something in reference to that about Christmas, you know, because it's, it's, it's the world's version of Christ, you know, and people don't want to hear that. I, I, get on, I get on these different platforms and people say, oh, well, be nice. You know, I want to hear about the Jesus. I said, I don't know what Jesus you're talking about. Mm -hmm. He walked around. I don't remember through like baby three Jesus. years. <laughs> but even, if, even as a baby Jesus, he never issued out a single <laughs> hug. No. He sat over in the corner of the temple, forming a scourge, it says. To form a scourge took a little bit of time. He didn't just braid up a whip. No, he sat over there. He watched everything that was going on. He listened to the conversations. He listened to the wickedness. He watched the money get in exchange. And after he got to where he was at the point of, this is my father's house, You've turned it into a den of vipers. It says he drove them out. He didn't ask them, hey, guys, uh, you mind cleaning up your mess? Uh, you got you know, a little bit of goat poop over here and, you know, your birds have like they're, they're, they got scat all over the place over here. No, he drove them out of the temple. And that's what we have to do right now today in this society that we have all going back to the masculine man in the church, because I can't remember the statistics, but it was something like 93% of fathers who go to church, their whole family gets saved and goes to church. And it starts a whole generation of Christians. It starts a whole generation of people believing and following the figurehead of the family. Our figurehead is Christ our body is the church. We as fathers, as masculine men, 
lead our families. Those boys grow up, they lead their families. You have institutes like the BLM movement who are, are witches, who are, are communicating with the dead, who are trying to emasculate all types of men. They want you to have a queer agenda uh, because yeah. if, if you're taking out the man and you're turning everybody gay, then what, who stands, who's going to yeah. stand and fight? Yeah, you exactly. find the strong man and you take over the house. Mm-hmm. That is in there. Yep. So, so true. You bind them up. And I mean, that's, I, I, I shared something to that, um, you know, here in the past. It, it's, you know, if you can, if you can tie the man down and it, and, and people think it's always like just, you know, just massive demonic spirit. No, just give him some kind of distraction. Exactly. You know, it, it doesn't have to be uh, sending him off to, you know, some kind of cult academy, but just just give him something that he feels it's important, like a... Um, well, it, real you know, quick, video- you know, this is my, my play on it. It's bread and circuses. It's something that the Romans and the Greeks have been doing for years. It's the... Uh, it's the Colosseum. It's it's, and I, I know I, I stomp on a lot of toes when I say it, but it's football. It's baseball. It's it's whatever it is to distract that man to put an idol between him and God. Yeah, and that's what hurts. There's, everything. there's a new PlayStation now. What are you talking about? I couldn't even yeah. tell you about the newest PlayStation, Joshua. And I used to be so ate up. No, I mean, I don't play video games. I never have them, but I know a lot of grown men who play those things. Hey, catch those messages. They, they're all from Augustine before they, they pile up. Well, the Bible says where one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to fly. There's something to be said when you link up with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And the enemy knows that. Don't get me wrong. The enemy knows. God, that makes me sick about that church. They won't lay hands on the sick. Come on, you're not going to lay. What does the Bible yeah, say man. about that? The Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. And they're going to yeah. be scared of COVID. Wow, that yeah. shows me their level of faith, huh? Exactly. Hmm, that gave me a good. God just spoke to me right now and put this in my heart. Not only do you have to deny yourself, but you better do not, not deny Jesus. Let me say that again. Mm-hmm. Not only do you have to deny yourself, but you better not deny Jesus. That could preach right there. And that's exactly why the world is after our men. They want the men to dress like women. They want them to act like mm-hmm. women. Why? Because the men are supposed to be the leaders. And that stat is yep. exactly right. I've read, I've read that somewhere myself. And the opposite is true as well. When the kid gets in, you know, there's not a great chance that the whole family does. And when the wife, there's a little bit better chance. But when the man, when the man gets in the church, there's a great chance that the whole family will be saved. Men be men and women be women. Mm, there's only one church I know that preaches like y'all do against homosexuality, against the filth of Hollywood and the sports world, and that's a Pentecostal church. Y'all must be Pentecostal, am I right? <laughs> Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. All right, so I want to speak <laughs> on that fear, too, because uh, my brothers here know that for the past uh, past two weeks or so, I have been dealing with COVID-19. Uh, I am not one who is going to take a vaccine or any kind of injection into my body because I believe that Jesus Christ is the true ruling power over all sickness and disease. I spoke life into myself. I had my brothers and sisters speak and pray over me while going through this. Now, it has not been 
cotton candy and rainbows. It has been a lot of ups and downs. It has been a lot of dealing with lung issues, oxygen levels dropping. But it's also been a test that the enemy did not want me to know my true authority in healing. So he would try to bring me back from the healing. But I would keep fighting. There were nights that I would stay up all night long praying in the spirit. There were nights that I would stay up all night long seeking him. There were so many nights that I felt the presence of our father so close to me that I can't explain how it was like a warm hug, an embrace that would not let go. And he just started downloading all of this information over me. A couple days ago, uh, Thursday, uh, my Bible uh, college is on Thursday night. Um, Thursday, I was going to, give me just a second. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Thursday, I wanted to go to school. I didn't want to miss it. So I get in the shower and I kind of get rushed. Well, my oxygen levels dropped to like 71, which was, it was quite an attack. Uh, I couldn't think, I couldn't breathe. I started coughing. I couldn't catch my breath. And uh, the enemy was like, I got you. And I kind of like just kind of fall down and I just start travailing. I'm weeping, crying out loud, just screaming, Jesus, 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 I need you. Jesus, I got to have you. I was like, I, I, he's, he's got me. He's like, he, he's, he's, he, he pushed the front line against me. I need you right now. I start praying warring angels over me. I said, bring them, bring them. Let's decapitate this fool. Let's get him done. I, I'm standing in my health. I told my wife, she came running upstairs. I said, I just need to get dressed. Just get me to the church. So for the next two hours, I laid in the sanctuary crying out for my health, crying out to Jesus that I know that he is the only one who is going to heal me, that I'm already healed through his stripes. I have already been healed, that I just need to walk in that authority. I went to school that night, didn't quite feel the best. We'll see. I think Pastor Jason's ready to come back in. Uh, didn't quite, but, uh, still got out there to do what I was going to do, which was finish that night of school so that I could know that I am healed. And since then, my breathing issues have gotten better. I've been able to take deeper breaths. My O2 levels are now at 90, 92. So within the next two or three days of doing these breathing treatments and standing on the word, I've been taking communion every day that I've been sick because Pastor Eric was telling me you've got to you've got to keep that communion. You've got to keep that that remembrance of his flesh, of his blood. And it works. And it's the fear. The fear is what society wants to kill you with. I couldn't say it just because I'm not a doctor, but most of these COVID deaths that you hear about, these people going to the hospital, they're, they're living in fear. They have let the media get a hold of them. The media is a witch anyway. They've let the media get a hold of them, 
and cast this fear into them that their body is not a holy temple created in the image of God. And they let this fear get inside of them, control them and kill them. I would not, and I am not going to lend any way to fear. And I just wanted to let y'all know that's, that's where it's at. This COVID yeah. is and that's, yeah. And that's one of those things. I mean, you know, people, this is what I've been talking about the whole time is people get sick every day. People die every day. It's, it's never cool. It's never fun. It's always sad if somebody loses their life, you know, early from a sickness, anything like that, which, you know, as believers, we're supposed to, we are supposed to be able to go out and eliminate that form of attack where the yeah. enemy comes in to try to prematurely take somebody's life through sickness or disease or anything like that. Um, and obviously, you know, supernatural healing and being able to, to minister healing to people is something that the church and believers have not been trained properly. It's something that fell off, you know, really bad. Now certain, certain places are starting to get it back. It's one of the things that I have been trying to really drill into myself is how to walk in that supernatural, that divine health that we are as believers are supposed to walk in, you know, Jesus, we, we already know Jesus paid for that when he took right. those stripes. Yeah. When he bore those stripes, it was for our sickness. Um, you know, for, for he was bruised for our iniquities, for our weaknesses. We are supposed to be able to walk in divine health and then have so much life in us that when we minister to people, we pour out that life into somebody else. We're able to heal their sicknesses because we're pouring life into them. And it's one of those things where I'm, I'm still trying to pray through this and, and learn and just drill it into where there's no doubt, you know, I'm, I am yeah. currently dealing with a health issue as well. And I shared my testimony with you guys that I received healing from a prayer from Curry Blake and I felt it. I felt power go into my, I mean, it went through my whole body. It went into my ears. It filled my head. It went down through my body and out the area. It didn't go past the area where I need healing. And I knew in my heart immediately, I knew in my spirit immediately that I was healed. And I held on to that. I mean, there was no doubt, but the enemy has tried to come in and sow that doubt back into me and be like, look, you're still seeing it. And the thing is that it has, it has tried to come back. It's still trying to come back, but it was, it was way slower than it was before. And I'm determined. This is one of the things that I keep telling God. And I keep telling myself is if, if I have another option in my head, if medicine, if man-made medicine is always an option in my head, then I can't, I can't fully be relying on God for my healing. I can't be fully yeah. preaching and, and saying and walking and saying I'm healed. I'm healed by the blood of Jesus, by the stripes that he took to where my testimony gives him all the glory. If there's another option, if there's a second option and it's a battle right now for me, you better believe it's a battle for me, but I have, I have settled it in my heart and I've settled it with him 
that I'm not going to go back to any man-made medicine to where any man, any doctor, any lab coat can get the glory. It's all going to go to the glory of God. And it's not easy. I'm holding on to that. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's, Hello. Hey, so we're uh, real quick, Eric or uh, Joshua. Uh, For some reason, when I try to click on the messages, my screen goes blank. So uh, if you guys would monitor the messages, that would be awesome on mine. That would help. I'll play those in just a second. So I 100% what you're saying, Joshua. That's why in in other countries like in Africa or some other countries that don't necessarily have like a, a, you know, pharmacy five minutes away from anybody it's so much easier for them to actually believe for healing because they don't have in the back of their mind that, oh yeah, if this healing doesn't work, I'll just go to the doctor and they'll, they'll prescribe me something for it. They truly have to trust in God. The Bible says, you know, that blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord who doesn't trust in man. You know, that, that's not to say that doctors don't have a purpose. You know, I, I love doctors. I'm thankful for them because without them, most Christians would be dead because they don't, they don't believe in God that way. They don't have that faith. Right. And then especially unbelievers who don't, don't have that revelation at all you know they're sustaining those guys until we can bring them into the body of christ so i i wanted to quickly touch on what you said james as well about communion because that's so powerful you know the the, the teaching that paul gives on communion in first corinthians 11 really illuminates it for me and it, it was what you shared just the other day from curry blake joshua that really changed my perspective on that teaching and I, i'm going to share that now so first corinthians 11 um, 27, it says, so anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourselves before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourselves. This is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. So what Paul is saying here, that because the, the believers are, are drinking and eating the, eating the bread and drinking the cup unworthily, that's why some of them are weak, sick, and maybe even dying. So what's the opposite of that? So if we drink the bread worthily, we should not be doing any of those things. We should not be weak. We should not be sick. And we should not be dying prematurely. Because it's not the unworthy eating that's causing the sicknesses or the, the early death. What, what he's saying is that eating, eating it worthily is a pathway to complete healing, to freedom from sickness and disease, and to not be dying early. Because what's the, what's the opposite of sick, weak, and maybe even, and some have even died? There's, there's not a situation where in the church, some people will be weak, sick, and maybe some have even died, where they're eating worthily. This is what he's saying here. Because if, if the reason that some people are getting sick, some people are, are dying prematurely, is that they're not partaking of the, the communion meal in a worthy manner, it follows that if they did partake of it in a worthy manner, they would not be getting sick and they would not be dying prematurely. So it's, it's one of the, the most clear pathways for believers to manifest the healing that, that you're believing for. Now, when he's saying partaking unworthily, he's not saying examining yourself for some hidden sin or hidden transgression that a lot of people teach, you know, to come on and, and repent for for something that you might have done without the Holy Spirit convicting you. We know that it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict us if we do sin. 
So if we say, hey, you know, we, we sin all the time, we sometimes we sin without even knowing it. You're basically saying the Holy Spirit sucks at his job because it's his job to convict you. So either the Holy Spirit <laughs> can go. do what his job is or he can't, right? So there's not going to be sin that you don't know about because the Holy Spirit would convict you. What, what Paul is saying here is you, you take the bread, but you're not doing it remembering what the Lord did. Because they also say in another, another passage, you know, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes. So if you were to take the bread and drink the cup without doing it, reflecting and remembering the sacrifice of Christ, then you're doing it in an unworthy manner because you're not doing it in remembrance of the Lord. You know, it, it's not just a, a, a meal that you take. It's literally you're, you're taking it and it's symbolizing the, the body of Christ that was broken at the whipping post specifically for our healing and in the blood of Christ that was shed at the cross specifically for the new covenant and for the forgiveness of our sins. So when Jesus came for us to the, to the earth and then when he went to the crucifixion, there was two steps there. First, he stopped at the whipping post and his body was broken. And then he went to the cross and then he was crucified for our, for our salvation. But he didn't have to do the, the first step for our salvation. The only thing that's necessary for the forgiveness of sin is the shedding of blood. So why did he go to the whipping post at all? For his oh, body God, to be yeah. broken. That was for our healing. So healing is part of the covenant. And this is one Amen. of the ways that we can make it manifest. Amen. Also, T-Man, I, I love, 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 love hearing you talk about that, Brother Eric. And just, just man, the clarity and the truth of the scripture, man, because so many times, bro, when we go to take communion, that's exactly what we get stuck in this religious tailspin of looking for sin before we receive the body and the blood of Jesus. And that's not even what Paul was even talking about. You know, he wasn't talking about looking for some hidden sin, you know, uh, that we got to go do this inward in inspection before we receive communion. You know, you're, you're totally actually, you know, absolutely 100% right, man. I love that. You know, it's awesome that we're talking about this. I taught on communion just a few Wednesdays ago as well in this particular passage of Scripture. And someone was saying, hey, <clears throat> before anybody's, you know, this old timer gets, <coughs> excuse me, this old timer gets up and says, you know, we need to search for sin before we partake of communion and you know, dude, I went right to that scripture, man, and I just went right through the whole passage where Paul's talking about that uh, particular scripture, man, and I just tore it down right there in front of everybody, you know, and I, you know, it wasn't like open, I wasn't openly rebuking the guy. I was just teaching him the truth of what the word says, you know, you know, the one thing too, where Paul was saying that we're, we're taking it in an unworthy manner, he was saying that they, um, were not honoring the Lord in the sense they weren't being reverent towards the elements themselves of communion. Paul actually in that whole passage of scripture there, he says, why is it that when we come together that one of you, uh, you know, that one of you drinks the, the wine ahead of the others and he gets, you know, hammered drunk over here and this guy eats all the bread. He said, don't you have houses to eat in and to drink in? In other words, they weren't reverencing. They weren't even looking at the elements of communion mm -hmm. as a mystical experience that takes place when they partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. They weren't 
they weren't reverently looking at it. They weren't looking at it through the lens of the finished work of the cross and what Jesus fully accomplished on the cross. And in that as well, they were bringing damnation upon themselves because they weren't honoring the Lord's body. They weren't honoring the elements on the table. You know, and in the first century church, uh, you know, when they had communion, they didn't just have a little thimble of juice and a little stale wafer that was in, inside of a pack. They didn't have little communion packs as well. They had a full-on meal that they sat down and they had together when they partook, partook of communion. Um, who was it the other day was talking about in text messages about the was it the uh, the the the, the uh, communion unleavened crackers that that you that you found? Yeah, that you, you know that yeah. even that unleavened, if you take that unleavened cracker right there and you hold it up in the light, you can see all the holes inside of it. Mm-hmm. That represents the piercings of Christ, and then you see all the bumps on there and the bruises on that cracker. That represents the bruises that Christ took upon his body and then all the, the, the holes that are lined up in stripes that represents the stripes that Christ took upon his body for our healing. So every single time when we take communion and we can see the work of the cross in that piece of bread, that's why that even ties back into where Jesus said, I am the bread come down from heaven you know, mm-hmm. when we when we partake of that, man, when we when we're partaking of communion, it's not just, you know, you know, I, I love the old old Catholics. You know, there's some things that we can pull from the old Catholic Church that that are truths, you know. And one of the things that they looked at is that it was a literal it was the literal body and blood of Jesus. When they took communion, they looked at it as a literal thing not just something as symbolic. And so they kept a, when they did that, they kept a reverence for the Lord when they partook of the communion or when they had that time together. But such powerful, man. I, I love it that you just brought that out there. You brought it out in truth, man. It's one thing I love about you, brother, is that you just keep the word uh, for, for what it is, you know, and you don't try to, you don't twist and turn it and, it's not something that's been handed down to you or something that's been taught. I can tell you definitely studied out the word, brother. I love that about it. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right, let's see. No, the other night. Three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Hit him. Hit him. Bishop James, I don't know what it is, but I've been doing this a long time now. When I hear you speak your testimony and the word of God, well, I feel the anointing in this room. So I'm going to pray a prayer over you right now. Keep on preaching the word, brother. Yeah, I received. Yeah, man. My God, this is some good stuff. Thanks, Michael. I feel healing virtue going through these airwaves, and I want everybody to listen. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I want you to bow your heads. And if there's aches and pains in your body, I want you to pray unto the Lord right now. Say, Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray and I rebuke this ache and pain in my body. I command it to leave in the name of Jesus. And I believe 
If you're sincere about that prayer, healing's going to take place amongst these airwaves tonight and in your body. In Jesus' name. Well, do you believe that, folks? Yes. Yes. The healing virtue is not bound by space. It's not bound by time. You know about the, right. the, Hebrew, the, the Roman centurion who came or actually sent servants to Jesus and said, you know, my, my young servant is bed in great pain. You know, can you heal him? And Jesus said, all right, I'll come heal him. But then he followed up saying, no, you don't even have to come because I know how authority works being a man under authority myself. I just speak the word and it's done. So just speak the word and that's enough. So even being over a digital, a digital voice, even something recorded in the past by somebody, a minister who's passed away, even that carries the anointing. The anointing is not, not bound by time and space. So you speak that word now be healed. You believe it, you'll be healed even through this recording. That's right. Yeah, that's a great, I'm, I'm glad you said that you, uh, you just briefly mentioned, even if it's a minister who's passed away, and I've shared this testimony a bunch of times, uh, and I've got a scripture on healing I want to read here in just a minute that I've been meditating on and praying on, but my first two deliverances where demons left me, I've shared this before, was I was listening to, and this has been years ago, I was listening to some old Derek Prince recordings on YouTube, and I was just interested. I was just listening to it because I was interested. I was trying to learn. And he, he went through and did his teachings. If you, anybody's ever listened to Derek Prince, you know how he does, you know, he's pretty chill. He goes through his teaching. And then at the end, he started calling things out and he wasn't ministering one-on-one. -on -one. He was, he was calling it out of the whole congregation that was there for his, his class, his teaching. And he started calling out specific names. And when he got to stuff that applied to me, I was laying in my bed with my headphones on, man. My body art, my back arched up, and I felt these things leave me every time he called one out that applied to me. And he, you know, he called out uh, uh, rebellion. He said, spirit of rebellion. Boom, I felt it leave. And I, I went back down and I was like, man, something just left me. He named a few other things that didn't apply to me. And then he named something else. I felt it leave me. So exactly what you just said, Eric, man, that's, it's so true. It's so powerful and it doesn't matter if it's through these airwaves. It doesn't matter if it's from somebody who's passed away, you know, yeah, the scripture tells us that, that believers will go lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed, but you don't have to physically lay hands on them. You were just talking about the other scripture for that. You know, there are, there are a number of scriptures yeah, where people got healed. Way to receive healing. It, exactly. Exactly. And a lot of people just, they need, they need that point of contact. They need that um, timestamp. I think I've, I've heard somebody teach, you know, call it or whatever. They need that timestamp. I remember when this when this pastor, when this person uh, prayed for me, they laid hands on me this day and I was healed from then on. You know, so for some people, it's that point of contact, the same way as the prayer cloths, you know, that we we immerse in the water and we pray over and we anoint and then we send them. It's a point of contact. Nothing special about the cloth. Nothing special about the water. This, yeah, you know, Jesus has has chosen to move that way at our church and is meeting people in the water when they're getting baptized. But there's nothing special about Dawsonville tap water. There's nothing special about those cloths. It's just he's choosing to move that way. And that congregation, that body, that that part of the body has chosen to join their faith together in this way, in this manner. And the, so the power of God's moving like that. It's wonderful. You know, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, there's other testimonies of people, you know, touching a, 
a dot on their computer screen. You know, Pat, Joel, Joel Crumpton has talked about sending, you know, sending a text, uh, sending a message via Facebook Messenger yeah. and like read that, read this out loud. And when you read it, you're going to be healed. Or when you read it, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or whatever it is that he's ministering. God's creative and he tells us to be creative. That life's in us. It's, it's going to flow out. And that, that's exactly how Jesus operated because he, most of the time when he was ministering to another person, he did it in a unique way each time. So, for example, for some, like for some people, he, if they couldn't speak, he, he actually spat on their tongue. Or if they couldn't hear, he, he like put his fingers in their ear or something. Or if they couldn't <laughs> see, he spat on, the ground, spat on the ground, made mud and rubbed it in their eyes and said, hey, go watch in the pool of Siloam. And then they were healed. You know, we know that Jesus came as the perfect, perfect representation of the will of God the Father. So nothing that he did was extraneous. So it follows that what he was doing there was exactly the will of the Father. So God has creative ways that he knows to, to get to people so that their faith can be emboldened such that they can receive the healing. Hi, this is Dana. Hey, this is Sister Dana. Love you, girl. <laughs> What's up, hey, Dana? love you too. How y'all doing? Wonderfully blessed. Amen. Good, good. Amen, amen. Um, so I was listening a while ago, and I, I'm kind of jumping back, but then I'm going to say something about this too. But earlier when Eric was talking about um, healing and, like, just how to receive it, um, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. I was just hearing, like, every other word who's talking about, you know, sometimes, you know, we're commanded to do this, and sometimes it's trying for us when we've got something that we struggle with ourselves, and you know we've we've i think he said he had curry blake pray for him and everything but in reference to that one of the greatest things that i learned uh and if i'm not mistaken i'm almost positive that it was through the mind renewal that curry blake taught either way eric as you were teaching the lord i felt impressed to tell you i thought it was josh talking but eric it was you and i felt impressed was it joshua oh. No, I think it was Eric. We were both we were both talking about Curry Blake, but go ahead. Okay. Whoever said I have something that I'm dealing with myself. It was Joshua. Okay, Joshua then. Joshua. Okay. Yeah. So cool. That's who I thought it was to begin with. And I was like, I knew it. I knew I had something for him. Anyway. Um, and then I and then I heard Eric. So I was right the first time. My bad. Okay. Anyways, Joshua, have you gone have you listened to the um mind renewal seminar that curry blake did i don't know that i've gotten to that one yet i've listened to so much of his stuff um i don't know that i've gotten to that one yet though i'm gonna send it to you or i'll have jason send it to you one i'll find it and make sure i think i'm friends yeah. with you on facebook too i'll send it to you and your wife but one of the things that i learned and i'm almost positive it was through that seminar that i learned it but like even smith wigglesworth he considered every sickness a, de a devil he considered yeah. every disease a demon what no matter yeah. what even if it was caused by reaping and sowing even if it was caused mm -hmm. by um dehydration whatever if there was something wrong he considered he treated it as if it were a devil and right. so in in some people okay this is what i'm trying to get to taking your thoughts captive renewing your mind how do you renew your mind to the fact that you walk in divine health when you have a symptom in your body by taking the thought captive every single time so every time that say you've got i don't know 
um, athlete's foot. That's some common thing that, that guys get, right? Okay. Say your foot's itching and it's athlete's foot. Every time it itches, you're, the first thing that happens is your brain's telling you your foot's itching. And so you take that thought captive and you don't deny it. You don't say, well, I don't have an itchy foot because that's, that's lying. You know, you're at that point you're in denial and, yeah. and you're just lying. Absolutely. But you say, although my foot is itching because there is this fungus that's alive on my foot, I curse the fungus. I command it to die. You Come have on. to go in the name of Jesus. And so every time you have a symptom mm-hmm. in your body, you're in warfare. Every yep. single time you're in warfare and you have to treat the symptoms in your physical body as, as if it were a demon manifesting on you. And that's mm. the problem. We don't do that very often because we've settled for, I'll settle for a headache. I'll settle for athlete's foot. I'll settle for this. But if it was cancer, then I would fight it. But this right. I'm going to, you know, settle for whatever, or, or we get used to it because maybe we have treated it like it was a devil and we fought it 10 times, but it was going to be the 11th time that the, that the symptom would go, you know, mm-hmm. but we give up too easy because it's easier to grab a bottle of Tylenol than it is to, to fight and treat it like the, the curse yeah. that it is. And I that's what that. it is. It's a curse from the fall. The fact yeah. that we're able to be sick in our body is comes from the fall. And therefore it was, it was reversed through Calvary. We were born again. We have been regenerated. We are sons of God and it no longer has a right in our body, no matter what it is. And so I just wanted to share that. I I, I I appreciate that. And no, that was, that was good. And I appreciate that. And honestly, only the last couple of days have I started to approach it or address it in in the way that you just mentioned so when i first it was it's been i don't know a week or two weeks something like that when i received that prayer and all i did i was listening i was listening to one of his teachings i was at work i was doing some painting and he got ready to start praying at the end and i just i just kind of paused what i was doing and i postured myself to receive that um that prayer and i was like all right he's getting ready to pray for healing I'm, I've been dealing with this thing. I've been praying about it for years now, literally years and nothing has happened. I was like, just postured myself. And when he said be healed, I mean, very forcefully exclamation point said, be healed. I I described how the power I felt it go through my body. And I knew, I knew immediately I was healed. I just received it. And so, but it, it has, it has started to show back up again. Like I said, and I, I decided in myself, I, I, I would waver a little bit. Like I'm seeing it, what's going wrong, what's going on, what's happening. And then I realized like, all right, the enemy's trying to come in and sow doubt into my mind that yes. I received that healing. He's trying to come back and, and make this manifest some more to make me believe I didn't receive it or I lost it or whatever. So I would, I started taking communion and man, I'm telling you doing that when you take communion the the right way, like actually remembering what Christ did and actually yes. going, going through that problem. T- I can't tell you how many times I would just cry. I would just start crying, yeah. thinking about what Jesus did. Um, and you know what? So I, I, I know what you're saying. Cause I actually, I've done communion twice today. I started last week. I started having a symptom where my throat was kind of scratchy. And mm. there was like just energy type stuff. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm not going to just settle for allergies like it, that. Right. It can't be here either. I don't care. I know it's not COVID, but I'm not settling for allergies either. And That's so right. I've, been doing, I've been doing communion every single day. And today we did it twice because someone was here and I, I felt like we need to do it with them too. But I actually have communion at my store now. So that oh, if I forget nice. to do it before I leave in the morning, I'm trying to start every morning out doing communion. If I forget before I leave the house in the morning, now I can do it when I get here. And the thing there is, it's like when, when the enemy comes at you like that and he starts bringing that symptom back on, if you can get used to saying this too, this is something that really helped me. I mean, like what it helped me do is it helped me keep the right reality and perspective as opposed to what we're used to. And that's, Stop saying I, because you're a spirit, you have a soul and you live in this physical body, but you are not that physical body so much mm-hmm. so that this physical body will not be with you forever. So you're not sick. Your body is. And so when we right. say I'm sick because our spirit has more power over our physical body and mm-hmm. our physical body, the Greek word for body in the New Testament is actually the same Greek word that means slave. And so Hmm. it says literally that your body is a slave to your soul. Well, your soul is your thoughts and your emotions. So when the enemy comes to your mind and says, hey, your foot's itching. Now your body, your physical body is a slave to your mind. And the devil don't know what your mind's saying until you open your mouth and you say it. And your words come from your spirit. So when you open your mouth and you say, my foot itches, no, it doesn't. Your your foot's perfect because your foot is a part of your spirit. The bot, the foot on the body that you're wearing is what's itching, and it's itching because the enemies attacked it. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? And so, yeah. if you can get used to not saying or retrain yourself to not say, I feel this, or I feel that, or I have a headache, or I have this ache, or I hurt yeah. here, or I'm sick there. No, you're not. You're a spirit, and the enemy can't touch your spirit. So, yeah. it just kind of keeps you in the reality of this is an attack from the enemy and I have to fight him as such. It puts you that's it. one yeah. It puts you that's exactly what I've been doing. Spirit first instead of body first. You see what I'm yeah. saying? You you it puts you it it, re, it retrains your brain, it retrains your mind, you know, and, and renews your mind to think spirit first instead of body first. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's ex- that's exactly what I've been doing with this. I, and every time, like, all right, even though I see this, I know that I'm healed. And even though I, even though I see this, I'm walking by faith, not by sight. And the you know through all of this, the Lord led me to this the scripture, um, you know, the story where it talks about the woman with the issue of blood and Jairus's daughter. But the yep. the part that jumped out to me in that whole story was. Down in verse 34. So this is Mark 5, uh, down at verse 34. Uh, And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. So this is the part that I underlined. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So these are the parts that I circled. Go in peace. So I'm going to continue on with my life in peace and be healed. Not be healed like I'm, I'm commanding it to be healed, but be healed. I'm being healed i'm i'm healed i'm just gonna be here like i'm a human being i'm being be healed of your disease and then i'm dropping down a little bit farther to 36 where it says do not fear only believe and i know those are two different parts he's talking to jairus's uh jairus at the bottom and it was the woman at the top but 
both of those are what I, what I underlined, circled a few things and I connected for myself. So it's your faith has made you well, go in peace, continue on in your life in peace because my mind was not at peace. I kept going back and forth. Why am I still seeing this? I know I received it. I felt it in my spirit. Why am I seeing this? It was, it was this double mindedness. And it was like, go in peace, be healed of your disease. Do not fear, only believe. So those are the things that I keep repeating to myself. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to walk by what I'm seeing. I'm going to walk by faith. And back to what Dana just said a minute ago, in the last few days I have started, um, uh, I've started coming at it in a different way, more forcefully, more commanding it. Like, no, I'm not playing this. I know exactly what this is. Yeah, that's good. You know, you know, in uh, 2019, um, I I would, I like to run a lot. Um, just one of my additives to my workouts and, um, I was running uh, in Kennesaw and as I was crossing the light, this car blew the light and hit me and I got thrown up in the air and I landed flat on the pavement, but I got up. I was, I was kind of out of it. Um, my ankle was real sore. My hip was sore. Um, and then there was this uh, guy on the bike that, you know, came and said, Hey, you want to um, call 911 or, you know, get some help. And I said, no, I'm good. He said, sure. You don't want to just get checked out. I said, no, I'm good. And he kept insisting. So I said, you know what? Just go ahead and call the people. So they called him. They came and checked on me. And he was like, Hey, you want to go to the hospital? you know, just to make sure, you know, you don't have any brain injuries or anything like that. I said, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go back, go, go, you know, and they kept insisting, the police kept insisting that I go, um, you know, it was a hit and run too. So they never caught the driver, but, you know, I had a, I had a, at that, at that point in my life, I already had a, a mindset that I don't, I put zero faith in doctors. I put zero, zero faith in medicine. You know, I believe, that in regards to what we encounter, it was already dealt with on the cross, you know, and I had about two miles left or so to go. And I, even after getting hit, I, I was still able to jog home and finish, you know, That's good. and, and I, 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 you know, I don't remember um, the lady's name that was talking earlier. Dana. Um, Dana. Um, but what she said was extremely extremely critical to the faith of a believer is that we have to, the words we speak and the actions we take in response to any attack that comes against us, particularly dealing with our health, we have to stand by that no matter what. Because what what the enemy does, and you said this, Josh and, and James, is that he will always try to remind you or try to bring you back to the place where you where to get you to believe that you haven't been made whole, that you haven't been uh, restored or healed. And the whole purpose of that, when it comes to the believers, is to cast out, is to bring fear. Because if you can, you know, it's just like when Peter walked on water. He was doing the absolute impossible. But mm -hmm. when he became afraid, the moment he became afraid, it wasn't like he became afraid, then he had a little time to think about it. The moment he became afraid, he started to sink. And that's how faith really is. That's like the, the essence of faith, you know. And I don't want to, I'm going to share this one testimony with you guys. And this is kind of what took me away um, from trusting in doctors, trusting in medicine. 
when I was a little, I was a, a toddler and, you know, I, I woke up one day and I had this, um, I had these bumps over my body and my mom, um, she thought that I had maybe like allergic reactions. So she, you know, she did the, what moms do, give kids medicine and things like that. And, you know, you'll be okay. The next day I woke up and the bumps were a bloodshot red. I mean, not bloodshot red, but they were, uh, they were raised up and they were size of quarters and they were like from head to toe. Mm. And my eyes were rolling around in my head. Um, they were bloodshot red. The, the, the white part was bloodshot red and I couldn't walk. Uh, she rushed me to the ER. Uh, she took me the first time to the ER. They couldn't figure out what was going on. Took me back the next day to the ER. And uh, the doctors, they tried everything. I mean, my temperature was was constantly going up. They couldn't figure out what to do. And, you know, my mom was just really le- leaning on these doctors trying to get some type of resolution because she saw that, her, you know, she even had a vision while I was at the hospital that she was picking out my um, my suit for my casket. Oh, man. And, you know, she was just kind of as a, as a mother losing it. And, I mean, they put me in a cooling bath, and my body temperature was, was so hot that the water became warm. Mm. And I was literally laying on my deathbed, and the doctor um, actually, you know, the doctor actually went home. He literally went home. It was like, you know, didn't say anything to my mom or nothing. She went looking for the doctor. The nurse told her, hey, he actually went home. You know, and I was left there to to die. And it wasn't until she called... Um, uh, what she called her prayer, her prayer partner, Mother Pollard, what her name was, and she called her and she told her, she said, "Listen, I'm gonna pray for you." She said, "But you have to believe yourself." And that obviously was the turning point in my mom's fight to get me out of that off my deathbed was that she had to believe and not doubt. And even though I didn't have like this immediate instant, as a lot of people, you know, in these in these these churches, they tell you these stories that all of a sudden you get touching and Miraculous. everybody's supposed to be, no, it's actually, some people have to go through a process. Yes. Healing is a process. Yep. Miracles are miracles, but healing's a process. Absolutely. You know, and it took a little bit for me to finally get back to, you know, to where the, the, the situation in itself was completely done. Um, but that, you know, as my, as I grew older, you know, in time, my mom would always share this story out here. And it's just it just built my faith up to say, you know what, there's no way there's no way God, as people will say today, I'm sure you've all heard it. God created doctors. That's not then then that would then you might as well wipe out his whole ministry. You know, he's not going to create right. a, a, a situation. You, you're not going to encounter a situation where he's going to cause you to have to lean on man, mankind, their, their medical science, their understanding, you know, then what's the point of faith? What's the point of uh, following him? And this is, you know, what you got, what you guys are talking about now regarding health is what really a lot of people need to hear because, you know, the, the enemy has came in with this, this strong delusion to fool people that they can still walk with God and the understanding of man's science, whatever you want to call it, at the same time, which well, is absolutely impossible. You know, the moment Peter decided to trust in his feelings about the situation is the moment he stopped doing the impossible. You know, and, you know, it's when we come under attack by the enemy, like Dana said, we have to immediately, you know, sometimes, you know, we have to say it, if it takes 60 times, we have to keep declaring it stand on that and nothing else, you know, because 
that's just how the attacks come. You know, I I went to bed with a with a you know a very unfavorable headache last night. You know, and I not I wasn't feeling a hundred percent. But I put on these healing scriptures, and I I I repeated what I um, was hearing. I woke up the next morning. To t- this morning, I still wasn't feeling a hundred percent. But you know what I said? I'm gonna walk by what I'm declaring to be true. You know, and nothing else. You know, and and that's that's what we have to keep doing. You know, because you know we're all under attack mm-hmm. because we are standing on the infallible word of God. That's right. You know, and there are very few people now, as the Bible talked about, the prophecies fulfilling itself where many would depart the faith. And there's few watchmen, godly men, who are standing on God's truth in this season. And because of that, the enemy is sending every single thing he can. If it's something as simple as athlete's foot to get us to take our thought off of where God has us in that moment to maybe minister to somebody, whatever the case may be, he's going to do it. You know? More than that, too, even if it's something that you cause yourself, like maybe you work too hard and you're sore the next day or you overextend and you, you pull a muscle or maybe you, you sleep and then you wake up with like a sore back or something. Those things, too, you know, th- that's that's an attack against your body because that's not that's not how God designed your body. <clears throat> you know, as a, as a personal testimony, I used to get back pain, lower back pain from from sleeping wrongly or from sitting too, too long because I work on the computer. You know, and after I learned the, the had the revelation about the the way that your body is supposed to be after you're saved, that Jesus paid only not only for your your forgiveness from sin, but also healing from any sickness and diseases. You know, anytime I would feel some sort of pain, I would immediately rebuke it in the name of Jesus and I would I would pray and receive the healing. And since then, you know, the pain has been completely gone. If it tries to come back, it's just the way that Dana was describing it was perfect. You know, the, the sickness and sin are both affronts against God in the same way. The sickness wasn't part of God's plan. It only was entered into the world when, when Adam and Eve sinned. So in God's mind, both of those are an affront and abomination to the Lord. So if we, preaching righteousness as we should, that's what the Bible preaches, are so disgusted by sin, why would we, why would we not be equally disgusted by sickness? Because both of those are affronts to the Lord. So Amen. even even like uh, the, the other day, I was at the revival service at night and I had both of the kids with me. So I was carrying my, my son, who's like 26 pounds on my back, and I was carrying my daughter in my lap in front of me. She's like 30 something pounds. So it's not even that much, but maybe like 60, 70 pounds. And I was walking around with them. And after like 15 minutes, my knees started to get sore. And I, I could have approached that situation one of two ways. I could have said, you know, hey, I'm getting a little older. You know, it's normal for your knees to get sore after a while. You know, I have been walking with this weight, so it's normal. Or I could immediately recognize it for what it is and see that the devil's trying to attack my body, taking advantage of the opportunity, saying that, oh, he's carrying these kids. So the normal thing is for his knees to get sore. So I'm going to put the soreness in there and then hopefully he'll accept it. And I chose the second and I immediately rebuked it. And I said, you know, devil, you have no place in my body. You know, this soreness has to go right now in Jesus' name. Five, 10 seconds, it was completely gone. And I kept walking with no soreness at all. Yeah, man. With that revelation, Amen. you can speak it in truth. Amen. It's like the word of God says, you know, life and death is in the tongue. And once we get that understanding, you know, once we really hone in on that truth, we, we're very mindful of what comes out of our mouth. You know, I, 
I, I, I don't even like saying that I have issues that keep me from doing what God called me to do. You know, I declare if it comes against me, I'm healed. And that's what his word says. Yeah. You know, because Amen. we, we give him life to, 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 to a, to a thing that should be dead. That should have no authority <laughs> over us. So. Yeah. Well, it says that faith is done. Yeah, saying faith is the substance of the things that we hope for, the evidence of the things that we, we don't see. It's not about denying the, the actual natural reality. It's about recognizing the spiritual reality that we've already been healed of the thing. So we don't have to be tempted to accept the natural state when we know the true spiritual state. Because like Dana was saying, we're primarily spiritual beings. We are spirits. So the spiritual state is our reality. The natural, physical that's not the reality to us. That's the, the temptation to accept that. Yeah, and Eric, just exactly what you just said. I'm glad you got you said it before I jumped on. So with this, with this thing that the enemy's trying to attack me with, like I said already, it's he is trying to sow those seeds of doubt, not only for my own healing and what Christ already paid for, but also as I'm getting out and you know, preaching and, and and telling people that this is what Jesus paid for. It's already done. This is what I believe. We can deliver this to you. You can walk in this same divine health, all of this. If I'm getting this, this is what the enemy is trying to sow into my mind, the doubt he's trying to sow. How are you going to get out and speak divine healing and speak supernatural healing and preach this and tell people you believe that? If you got something going on in your body and you hadn't been healed, I've heard these words in my head over this past week. And so I've had to, just like we were talking about, I've had to rebuke those. I've had to tear them down, you know, take every, every thought captive, every, you know, every time that he tries to come against me and sow these seeds of doubt, I'm having to take it and be like, no, I'm and this morning, especially because we were fixing to get out and go out on the streets and preach. And that's one of the things that we do is we're not just preaching the word, but we're taking it with demonstration. You know, we're, we're taking it in and demonstrating the power of the Holy spirit. We're demonstrating the power of the kingdom. And he was, man, he was trying to sow that doubt hard in my mind this morning. When I went on my prayer walk first thing this morning, it was like, how are you going to go out today and preach to these people that they can be set free and healed when you got this thing going on in your body? And so I'm, I'm taking that before the Lord and I'm like, God, these are the yeah. thoughts that are coming into my head. And I'm like, I know you, I, I have seen and experienced personally so many supernatural healings. Like there, there's no doubt in my mind that you do this. You have healed me immediately from things where, you know, I'm all I'm trying to do is worship. I, you know, we're in church, we're in worship. I used to have really, really bad kidney stones. I had them for years. It was the worst kidney pain that I, I couldn't even explain how bad this pain was. I mean, I'd be doubled over in tears in the middle of the night. It hurt so bad. And I dealt with that for years. And then we were in worship service at that old church. Um, and I'm trying to worship and this kidney pain starts just doubling me over. And I'm like, God, I want to be, I believe that you're my healer. And I, I didn't know near as much about you know, healing and, and how it was paid for and all that as I do now. But I was like, God, I know you're my healer. And right now I can't even worship you. I can't even focus on you because of this pain. And so I'm praying for him to take it away. 
And boom, in within a second, he took it away. And I've never had that pain again. I've never dealt with kidney pain again or kidney stones or anything like that, even if I don't drink enough water. And so it's like that was just one very quick instant instance where that I can share, you know, not only the times where I've prayed for other people or laid my hands on somebody else and seen them instantly healed. You know, even last weekend, we saw it. Even today, we saw it. And so as I'm praying this morning, I'm like, God, there's there's no doubt in my mind that you do this. There's no doubt in my mind that this is this is part of the commission that you have given us. But it, it's clear that the enemy's trying to sow this doubt into my head. So help me, help me in this area so I can still go out and minister and I can still go out and preach and pray and minister to these people with the faith that I know I have, you know, just help me in this area to where I don't go out with doubt in my heart. And he, he did immediately. And he showed me exactly what I shared already. He's like, this is the enemy trying to come against you and sow in, sow in these seeds of doubt to where you're not walking in faith. You're not walking in fullness. It is an attack from him to try to make you doubt what you've already received. And so it was all these things. He was kind of downloading to me and, and working, helping me work through. I mean, he's a good father. He's a good teacher. You know, as we go through and we honestly, truly seek him for these things that we don't understand. It's not, you know, it's not us coming before him trying to stay in our mind so much like homeboy that was out on the streets today uh, <laughs> questioning and everything about the Holy Spirit. You know, it just don't make sense to me in my head. I could use question and everything. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you're too much in your head right now. Was that the big guy at the end there at Woodruff? It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but if we go before him with a humble heart, an open heart, and it's really seeking him as a good father, as our, as a teacher, you know, and just, just show me, I'm really trying to, I'm really trying to work through this the best that I can. He's faithful to do that, man. And so he did this morning with me and it was good stuff. So I was able to go out today without having that doubt in my mind, without having that doubt inside me of, oh, you, you're fighting this little battle. So you, how are you going to minister healing to somebody else? No, we still saw people healed. We still saw people get saved. We still saw And even, uh, what's your boy's name? Jeremy and, um, Sarah. what's his wife's name Sarah. Sarah yeah they came yeah they came out with us with us for the first time I, I it seems like they've been out before but it seems like they saw a good bit of fruit today man you know Yvonne was walking around with them it seemed like they saw a good bit of fruit come into the kingdom today and so it was like you know maybe today was maybe today was a lot more for you know for them and the people they were ministering to where all of the plowing like Yvonne she painted a good picture where she's like she was saying that, you know, that me and Pastor Jason and Eric and, and Rabbi and, and Keith, like a lot of us who were on the microphone, really seeming like we were pushing and plowing a lot harder where we were sort of taking the arrows and taking the hits. And we were the ones on the front line fighting the hardest while they were able to go around and rescue, rescue people. You know what I'm saying? She painted a really, a really beautiful picture of the fight today because it was today wasn't easy man um but they i i know that they came back with testimonies of people giving their lives to christ and people getting healed and 
um, people getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, coming up praying in tongues. And um, so it was, it was a pretty cool picture that she painted where it was like, yeah, y'all were so, fighting pretty hard. You you didn't get to see as much, but they, they were running around the side and they were rescuing folks and they were just, bringing in that fruit. Just real quick, Coach. Uh, so you're in the Kennesaw area, is that correct? Coach Brooks? Sorry about that. Um, in the Marietta. Marietta. Well, man, let us extend the olive branch uh, to the, the gathering outreach program, man. We would love to have you come out and hit the streets with us on uh, one of our Saturday uh, Saturday outings, man. Uh, we've been, uh, Pastor Jason Pardue, uh, he's, the, he's the lead of it all, but uh, the more people we can get out there doing what's going on. Go ahead, go ahead, take over, Jason. I'll let you run with it. No, 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 no. You go ahead, Bubba. You're doing a great job uh, of explaining but, it. This is what uh, leadership's all about. Go ahead. Uh, we've been actually branching off going to Gainesville. Uh, we're going to go to Lawrenceville here shortly. But, uh, you know, downtown Atlanta is uh, – it's uh, it's one of those uh, spiritual wickedness high places. You know, it's on the 33rd parallel. I don't know, you know, much about the the, uh, the occult Freemasonry world, but it is – it's named after Atlantis, Atlas. It's it's named after these Greek deities, and there's a lot of of spiritual wickedness there so that when we can have a group of, of strong leaders who, who do get together and, and know the word and, and move in the spirit, we try to bring everybody in. Like uh, you were hearing Joshua say just today, Jeremy and Sarah Botts is their first times with us. Uh, Pastor Eric got out there today. It was his first time out with us. Um, I, I was still dealing with the, you know, the, the breathing issues so my wife wouldn't let me leave but all I wanted to do the whole time I'm sitting, flu. I'm sitting here preaching uh, all I'm watching the live video I'm, she come in the room one time just looking at me all weird I was like I can't help it I was like I know they can't hear me but the spirit hears me and that's all I'm going to do is I, I couldn't help I had to preach there you go. <laughs> I had to but uh man I would love to get you out there with us man that would be again another honor just to get to serve with you man uh, absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, I love to get out there um, and and work against those those wickedness, the wicked things that are going out there, and and sharing truth and and drawing people to Christ. You know, I mean, I yes, I, I definitely know what you mean about that uh, Freemason thing. They, they've been trying to recruit me since high school, <laughs> so yeah, I know. But yeah, absolutely, well, they, definitely. They know, uh, we can they, definitely connect. They can see our anointing. They, they, those wizards can cast spells where they can look through our eyes. They can't us anymore being filled with the Holy ghost, but a, a, a normal person, they can cast spells and actually be behind the lenses of those people's eyes, viewing what's happening in, in, in real time there at the streets with what we're trying to do and try to counter our blessings with their sorcery. And we're always looking for new spots too. That's one of the things that we've yep, been talking about lately is hitting some, you know, some fresh ground. And I've been looking around places in Lawrenceville, uh, near where I'm at, and I haven't found any great spots yet. The few that I found this past week, um, you know, my wife and I have kind of prayed into, and it, it doesn't, we're not really feeling like it's those places, but if you're over in, you know, Marietta area, dude, if you've got, if you've got some spots around there that, you know, like, Hey, there's, 
you know, a bunch of homeless around here, or there's some project buildings that, you know, there's always kids out um, playing. There's always people out mulling about, and it would be a good place for us to go set up. Dude, you know, drive by, snap some pictures of a good place that you think we could set up, um, you know, the speaker and the microphone. And that's what we did last weekend up in Gainesville. Um, we just went to a local project building and there happened to be a good little slab of concrete right across the street. We set up there and just started preaching and, you know, some some kids gave their life to Christ. I think an old lady across the street came back to the kingdom. Um, one lady was driving by, heard us preaching. She got out and was you know, was bigging us up. And then she ended up getting healed of some, some leg, some leg issues she was That's dealing awesome. with. Um, so yeah, if you've got any ground that you think would be, you know, good to take the kingdom to, um, we're always open for that we're as mobile. well. We yeah. are hundred percent mobile, uh, bring our own electricity, bring our own tables, bring the yeah. word. Hey, yeah. Hey, I want to see what Augustine's, uh, messages are before we get too far past yeah, those. Well, I'll do one better for you, Mr. Joshua. Find you a truth-preaching church. Get down to that altar and have the, have the elders of the church lay hands on you. And I firmly believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that all aches and pains, and not only it's not limited to that, but anything that you're dealing with, God will heal you of it because of your faith mixed with the Word of God. I believe that. But find you a truth-preaching church, an apostolic Pentecostal church who believes in the power of the Holy Ghost, holiness and separation from the world, and the mighty God in Christ. Praise the Lord, brother. Yes, sir. Yeah, that, that, that passage is, is really good. In, in James 5.14, I think it says, you know, yeah. if there are any sick among you, call for the elders. Call for the elders. For you. So it, the, the, the part I wanted to call out is the way that James puts it is so funny, but it's also sad. He says, if there are any sick among you, as if that's not the expectation. You shouldn't expect there to be sick among you. He's saying if yeah. there are any sick right. among you, you can do that. I, right. Obviously, that everything else to, hasn't worked yet. Right. So James's young, young uh, uh, writings. Like he's like, oh, I, yeah, kind of, sorry, kind of. But no, I, I've, I've often wondered that too. If any sick among you. Yeah, he's yeah, saying like it, if, it, if there are any sick, like it's not the expectation. There shouldn't be any exactly. sick. Exactly. Yeah. Go to a church. You have to ask, are there any healthy among you? You know, it's right. like now people expect to be sick, but the expectation is that you'll be well. Sickness is, it's not the normal. It's actually the abnormal for believers. Yes. Yeah. Amen. 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 Right. Amen. Right. Let's, hit, Amen. let's hit this last one real quick while we're coming. Well, I'll go ahead and be at this gathering here. I'll bring my church congregation. Uh, what did you, where did you say it was and what time? We go to Atlanta, Georgia on Saturdays. At a place called Woodruff Park. Uh, sometimes we do in Gainesville, uh, sometimes in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Um, might be in Marietta soon, uh, but in the Atlanta area, uh, it's the Gathering Outreach. You can find them, uh, Jason Pardue on Facebook. Uh, get in touch with him there. Uh, you can also find Eric and Joshua and myself and uh, Coach brooks uh william brooks on facebook but uh that's that's one of the easiest ways to get in touch with us is through the social media outlets uh also every saturday night here on the stereo app we do this watchman podcast and uh we just keep it holy spirit filled centered on jesus kingdom conversation we talk about the things that 
that are pushing issues in the days, uh, the urgency of the times, uh, what the outreach program has done, what we've been studying this week, what revelations have come to us, uh, prophecies, just moving in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I actually want to turn it over to Jason right now and tell us about uh, today because, um, one, I wasn't there. I know most of the, the rest of you guys were, but... Uh, 1023, we will be at Lula, Georgia. Um, so, uh, you know, just we're, we're mobile. We, we've got our own generator. We produce power. We, uh, we get out. We, we tend to the, uh, the misfortunate. We bring the word. We, we try to raise up these dead bodies, man. Um, it's just, it's what we're called to do. And so... That's what we do. Uh, but go ahead, Pastor Jason, take over, man. I, I just watching hey, it today. Like I said, I was so stoked. I'm yeah. pacing the room, preaching full walls. <laughs> well, I'm. You sure should have seen the look on Jenny's face one time when she came in. She was just like, "I was like, I can't help it." I, I was like, "I should be out there." Well, today, man, was you know a little different than what we normally have happen, man. It was it was definitely a plow day, man. But I just really felt. Um, you know, more just as unreserved in your face, repent, turn away from sin. If you call yourself a Christian, you need to live holy, you know, and uh, felt an aggressiveness, you know, more than what I normally do when we're out there preaching, man. This felt really, really aggressive, you know. More than normal? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said more than normal? <laughs> Oh, but, but yeah, man, it, it was uh, Jason's awesome. on fire. Like, you know, we, we saw, you know, a couple of folks get filled with the Holy ghost, you know, Jeremy and his wife came out there today, man. They're such a dynamic team, man. And, Let me tell you uh, about this place, uh, you know, uh, Jason, cause you was off a while ago, but, uh, uh-huh. they were in my vision. Remember I, t- I told you that vision that I had, how God showed me how he perfectly folded everything, these bits of information and how it was our job to go forth and unfold this information and lay it out in these parks. Sarah and Jeremy were in that vision on that text message that I sent you. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. But yeah, they're, they're, they're just on fire for the Lord, man. They just, they're just seeing some awesome fruit, you know? I mean, she just got delivered 20 years of heroin addiction. Mm-hmm. What? 18 months ago, yeah, you know? a little over 20 months. 20 months ago and now she's just out there laying hands on people they're getting people filled with the holy ghost getting people saved you know man that is so awesome dude i mean i didn't have that when i first you know get came to know the lord you know i I had the whole plugged in the local church you know going through a little bit of bible college studying world religions you know the master's commission program memorizing scripture you know praying an hour a day which you know i don't you know I don't, I wouldn't change anything for any of that, man. In fact, I wish I could go back to those days sometimes, you know, um, because I just had such a radical conversion and such a real sold out relationship with the Lord, you know. Um, but, you know, I really didn't, I didn't, I wasn't exposed to like kingdom. I wasn't exposed to like laying hands on the sick, casting out devils, you know, preaching the gospel, street preaching, you know, back then my idea of evangelism was go walk around the mall for 30, 45 minutes and, and hope I run into somebody that will listen to me long enough to 
share Jesus loves you. You know what I'm saying? That was my idea of, of evangelism. It was ineffective. It was, you know, just pacing around the mall, walking around and not even really, not even really sharing Jesus. You know, it was just walking around the mall in hopes that, you know, maybe, maybe we'll end up in a conversation with somebody and Jesus would get brought up, you know? Um, you know, that was how, that was my first exposure to what, you know, quote unquote, I thought evangelism was and the people that were with me thought evangelism was, you know? Um, but you know, that's, you know, now stepping out, preaching the word, going after it, demonstrate, demonstrating the kingdom, seeing salvation, seeing people get slain in the Holy ghost, seeing people get filled with the Holy ghost, seeing people get healed, you know, in their bodies and just that, that different, level of anointing that different level of glory and flowing in that man is just so so awesome so but yeah i mean today was awesome man we plowed today like crazy you know we spent a long time out there on the streets and longer than we normally do uh we preached from around 12 30 to around three o'clock at the first location got to feed people which is awesome got to hand out shirts to them give away sleeping bags which is awesome you know and uh Got to preach to all the people that are going. I think they were going to court across the street from us. They were at the government building, so they had to hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty awesome, you know. And then from there, we went to the next location to Woodruff Park. And, you know, we have always have some fruit happening when we're at Woodruff Park, man. So it was awesome. A few folks got born again. Uh, a couple people got filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, but this thing coming up on 1023 in Lula, Georgia, and Lula is an, in like North Georgia. Uh, it's before you get close, you know, it's before you get to where it's just right past Gainesville, so it's not too far north. But what's taking place in Lula on 1023 coming up this month, we're teaming up with an apostolic ministry and they have rented the stage. So there's like a outside theater there, they paid like 500 bucks a day. To rent okay, this that's stage. near the uh, Helen area, right? No, 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 no. It's back. It's more. It's just bare, It's just a little bit north of Gainesville. Just a little okay. bit north of Gainesville. On ninety. On ninety. On nine eighty five. What? Okay. The pastor passed away last week. Mm. And so he 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 was he was pretty old. So they're carrying it on. So, but what they're doing is they rented this outside amphitheater, right? And so they're going to have preaching all day long. They're going to have feeding, uh, feeding people all day. It's going to be an all day event. We're going to go door to door. It's like a whole cluster of houses there within that region, in that area, within probably a three, four, three mile radius. There's probably, you know, 60, 70 houses we can hit door to door, uh, you know, ministering to people, you know, giving them the gospel. And of course, I believe that the whole thing with the amphitheater thing is, is, you know, once people hear the sound, it's a pretty popular area for a little small town. Once people hear the sound, that's going to draw them in. You know, they just had a harvest festival yeah. there, uh, you know, probably six, 700 people plus, you know, at this harvest festival. So uh, that's going to be fun, man. I actually was felt led with the Lord probably about five months ago to actually rent this stage and do an outside crusade. Well, it's awesome that somebody's jumped on that idea and they're inviting us to come along with them and to, um, you know, join them to, to do outreach on that day. So that's what we're going to do on the 10, on 1023. We're going to join them in Lula. And 
Uh, Brother Brandon Douglas is going to be in town. Now, he's been going from state to state, city to city, which is what we want to do as well. And what Mm -hmm. I thought the Lord telling us to do, and he has a ministry called Living for Christ Ministries. And he's always feeding the poor. He's always ministering to people, always seeing salvations. I mean, he's like on the streets almost every single day. He's on the streets in a certain neighborhood, grilling out ministering to people, loving on people with the gospel. So he's been traveling around from uh, West Virginia to Texas, from Texas to Florida, Alabama. I mean, just all hitting all all the cities. And he's going to be in Atlanta this coming up Saturday, possibly a little bit sooner sometime during this week. And we're going to link arms with him this week as we go on the streets of Atlanta and uh, he's going to join us, man, and just bring his whole setup, his whole deal. He's got a pull-behind trailer that he can cook food out of. And, oh, that's awesome. Uh, it's going to be awesome, man, to link arms with him. And so if you don't know him on Facebook or don't know him by Facebook, you can jump on Facebook and, and look him up, Brandon Douglas. Awesome brother in the Lord, man. Loves the Lord Jesus, man. Just hugs on the homeless. Now, he is so awesome, bro. He goes out at nighttime sometimes. He'll just take bright lights with him, supplies, toothpaste, deodorant, toothbrushes, food. He'll go out at night and go into homeless camps and go in, and go and take things to people and minister to people and love <laughs> on them. I mean, just I mean, just goes after it, man. This is so awesome, and so um, he just like you know, no holds barred, not afraid of anything. Just step right into the homeless camp at nighttime, you know uh go searching for him you know and it's it's pretty awesome man so um i'm excited about linking arms with him this week uh the brother that's on tonight uh coach that's over in marietta uh uh i've got actually got a pastor a friend of mine that's in canton georgia by the name of mark lawson at the valor center now mark is a guy i said under years ago that taught me how to do power evangelism exposed me to what you know uh, laying hands on the sick. I learned a lot from, from him, uh, exposed me to the prophetic evangelism, the prophetic movement, how to get the words of knowledge, how to flow in the words of knowledge, uh, different, different things like that. And so I don't know how close you are to the Canton area, but it's a good church to get plugged into and to get not only just, uh, get trained in, but get activated in that area of ministry as well. And of course, you're always welcome to join us on the streets, man. Love to have you the more, the merrier. And that's my vision, man. My vision is this, is that, you know, we have more than one team, you know, out on the streets in different locations. It's not just, you know, yes, God's building the team right now and we're getting some structure right now as far as the, the team that we have now. But my vision is this, is that we have more than one team yes. going because, you know, the guys that, you know, that, that join me now on the streets or that, or that, or that are part of the team now, I don't foresee us, you know, I, I foresee a breaking away eventually because God's going to build this thing and there's going to be such a momentum. What's been pioneered, what's been blazed right now, mm-hmm. you're going to turn around and pioneer and blaze and do the same thing. And that's what my vision exactly. is, that's what my heart is. And I believe we're, I believe we're gonna we're gonna step into it, man. And so even though today was a day of plowing, and uh, yeah, I, I still believe that we're gonna have some breakthrough, acceleration. We're gonna see more, and um, you know, uh, just really today really showed me just the importance of personal prayer, 
time alone with the Lord because, I mean, to be honest with you guys, i just been running out the door every single day and just kind of praying as I work and, and praying on the job and praying before I get to the job. And I really just hadn't had that secret place, that time alone with the Lord. And I felt so unprepared today, even though as much as I know about, you know, scripture or whatever else, and, you know, we can always lean on what we know. Right. And so, but I just felt so unprepared today, man. And, uh, I know it's just a kind of like, Hey, it's checking my spirit. All right. Get back in the fasting, get back in the prayer and get, get back in that time alone personally, along with the Lord, because I know when I'm, when I'm in that personal time alone with the Lord, I'm on my game then I'm on my A game then. And so, uh, I just kind of had to take a note of myself today. It's like, all right, you spent about 30, 45 minutes in prayer this morning before you got here. And it's like, hey, Lord, forgive me. Hey, here I am. I know I really had to spend a whole lot of time with you this week, but can you have a little grace with me as I go out on the streets today, Jesus? <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is, you know, it's, it's, it's great and all, but, you know, we've got to have that secret place, man. We've got to have that time when we're really alone with the Lord, man. That just kind of showed me today is, all right, Lord. You know, I know, I know that, you know, uh, I carry breakthrough. I know I carry a breaker anointing. I know that, but if I haven't really been cultivating that breaker anointing yeah, along with yeah. you during the week, then I step out here on the streets, man. I get my butt handed to me because I hadn't really been plowing <laughs> in the spirit before I even got here. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so Dude, that's what I was, is, that's what I was telling Chris today too, man. You know, he, he jumped on the microphone and, I told him before we started even standing out there in front of that church, um, he came over talking to me a little bit and I was like, buddy, I was like, I'm praying right now. And it's like, you know, tell, tell me what you need to tell me. And he was, he was sharing with me. He's like, I think I want to get on and share something. I was like, awesome. That that's great, dude. Start praying into it. I was like, you, you know, we keep telling you, you need to be spending this time alone in prayer. And I was like, that's what I'm trying to do right now. That's what I did this morning before we left. And that's what I was doing the whole drive down is, you know, we weren't jamming out. We didn't have any teaching on. I was praying in the spirit until we got down here. I was like, this is that time. I was like, you know, we tell you to do it in the mornings. We tell you to do it at night. We have our family prayer time. I was like, right now, if you're, if you're thinking about getting on the microphone for the first time, start praying in the spirit. I was like, you got your prayer language, start doing it. He was like, all right, cool. And he he's great about that, man. He stepped off to the side. He started praying. And then he got on the mic for the first time. And it was, you know, it was good stuff. But you're exactly Not right. Only once, uh, though, he jumped on that mic several times, man. That boy. Yeah. When I seen it, I was like, Jean said, she said, who's preaching now? I said, Chris is. She was like, what? <laughs> I said, yes. And then uh, yeah, Pastor dude. Jason turned that camera around, dude. And, man, the tears just rolling. Rolling yep. down my face and him, he telling them, look, yeah, y'all on these streets, he said, but think of it as a test of Job, like yep. you being tested, like it's on you. And yep. I was like, that kid is picking up what the Holy Ghost has been telling me all week. He is the yep. one who's getting out there and telling them what I was going to say, what the Holy <laughs> Ghost was leading me to say. It get, it went right to him, to the next That's person. So the awesome. next one in line. The next man in line. Little That's Chris cool, picked man. it up. I said, man, I'm weeping. I'm <laughs> in the spirit. Just... It was yeah. so beautiful, man. It's so beautiful. Yeah, but Jason, you're exactly right, dude. And that's one of those things. I've been the same way a lot recently. I've been working so much that I'm running. 
you know, my, my prayer time, it goes from being alone uh, with God in the morning, going on my walk to, all right, now I'm going to pray while I'm driving down here. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to have some powerful prayer time in the truck while I'm driving, but it's nice to have that quiet time alone. Um, you know, same thing. I want to get up and I want to meditate on some scripture. I want to read through a little bit of scripture, meditate on that, pray into that. And there are times I wake up late, running out the door. And it's, it is, it's, you got to discipline yourself. All of us do. We got to discipline ourselves to stay in the word, to stay in that secret place. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you can't go, you can't go out there on the street or can't go anywhere trying to minister to people on fumes, you know, or just on what you gleaned from last week. Um, you know, it needs to be, it needs to be fresh. It needs to be fresh, man. God, what am I hearing from you today? What am I hearing from you this week? And that's been, you know, the last couple of weeks, that's been one of the things that I've tried to be real intentional about is throughout the week, as I'm, as I'm going through, you know, as I'm going through the scriptures, as I'm praying, God, what do you, what are you putting on my heart for this week? What are you wanting me to meditate on for myself, but also wherever we land, what are you wanting me to, what are you wanting me to talk about? You know, and it was this morning, it was the main thing. And I, you know, I said it where I had to, I had to ask for forgiveness from, from the folks who are, who are out there, you know, who have heard us a number of weeks in a row, because I've gotten out there and just been kind of preaching at them. And this last, this last week or this last two weeks, God's really put it on my heart. Like you're just getting out there and you're just preaching out into the air and you're hoping somebody catches it. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, I'm, I'm wanting to touch their hearts. I'm wanting to speak to them personally. I'm wanting to look them in the eyes and tell them how much I love them. And, you know, so that's kind of what I was trying to express this morning. And that lady, I don't know who ended up praying with that lady, that very first lady that I was talking to, that little old lady that walked by. I don't know who ended up praying with her, but she walked up at the perfect time. And I was able to look her right in the eyes and tell her, you know. Like, do you know how much Jesus loves you? And I was like, let one of these people yeah, pray the girl for in you. Shirt? I don't even remember, man. It was, it was a little old lady. Yeah, first, um, I mean, right off the bat. Come right off the yep. bat. Yeah. Yeah. Who ended up who ended up praying with that lady? I didn't see. Uh, that was uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Rick actually walked up and prayed for her. You saw her at the gate. And, I mean, dude, she got healed today. That was awesome, man. She got touched by the power of the Holy Ghost. And, um, man, it was, it was awesome, bro. It was awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, guys, it's rolling up on 1125 right now. I want to, uh, again, thank everybody for listening to the Watchman podcast. who has been a part of the show tonight. Uh, Coach Brooks, you're more than welcome to any time, brother, come back on the show. Uh, Anytime, come and hang out with us. Let's break some bread. You know, let's talk about the great things Jesus is doing in our lives. Um, So I also wanted to shout out because I've seen that Annie has been in here for quite a while now. I would like to get her on the show and talk to us about the uh, JGLM uh, over there in uh, Texas, as I believe she has been going to and fro. She can leave us a message and let us know. Uh, and and actually getting to sit in-house with, uh, with Curry Blake, uh, I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that there's probably three other people in this room just as excited to hear what uh what kind of move is going on over there in texas with him 
And uh, but Annie, if you if you have any update, leave us a message, sister. We'd love to hear from you. And we always thank you, Joanne. We know you're there listening. We love you, sister. We bless you. Uh, I know that those numbers are going to keep continuing to fall. And uh, let's just let's just keep talking about how God is awesome and what He's doing for all of us because that's that's what it's it. That's what it's about. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And watch these. Watch the next generation grow, man. It's wow. It was so powerful. Man, that is that is powerful, bro. I love it. I love it. I love I love it watching people step out for the first time, man, or come join us on the streets for the first time. Or I love it, man. That's what it's about. It's it's what it's about, bro. It's what it's about. I love it. It is. Amen. All right, let's get some rest. Somebody yeah. pray us out. Let's do this. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the blood that you shed, the stripes that you bore, Jesus, for my healing. As I stand true and to testify today that I am healed by the blood of the Lamb, that the enemy tried to take away my breath. He tried to take away my words because he knew that once I got it back under me, that it was not going to stop. It is not going to stop. I'm going to share the gospel I'm going to share everybody and let them know that the health and the healing is in the blood of Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done, the stripes that you bore, the blood that you shed, the power that is in your blood, the salvation in your blood. Father, I ask you to pour out a double anointing over every pastor that is in this room right now, every ear that is hearing these words right now. Let their words flow from them like rivers of living water. Let it penetrate the hardened hearts of those that are lost, Father, that, that your word rest on their heart, that they feel the compassion of Christ knocking on their door, that they open up that hardened heart and they let Jesus in, that they find true peace. They, try, they find true love, a true purpose, that they know their worth. I come against any sorcery, any witchcraft, any spirit of abandonment, any orphan spirit that is going to try to hinder anyone's words, that is going to try to hinder anyone's thoughts. I stand against it right now in the name of Jesus, and I cast it out into the lake of fire. Father, I ask that you just pour out a double anointing over all of us now. Let our walks be boldly in your presence. Stay with us. Stay with us as we seek your face, Father. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Holy Ghost, we yield to you. We give it all to you, Jesus. In your mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Amen. All right. That's good stuff. Great show as always. Yes. Yeah. Glad you jumped on with us, William. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Yeah, right, William. It's a great honor. Appreciate sir. the opportunity. Yes, sir. Thank Love you. you all. all right, y'all. Much love. Y'all have a great night. night. Love y'all.